Welcome to Weird Kid Video. I'm Cameron Snape and I miss video store so much I opened one in my own home, packed with the VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-hosts Kira Jade Oppitz and Brody McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in, have a look around and sign up for a membership. There are no late fees, but unwritten tapes will be hunted down by Gary Busey. That's right, the actual Gary Busey. We found him on Fiverr and he says he'll do it if we bring him two meatball subs. Two. Get him two. This is Weird Kid Video. Old business. I have some old business. Sure. What? Come at me. From listening to these podcasts, like, you definitely got confused. I was not saying that Kyle Reese was in Three Ninjas. I was saying the Asian guy who was the baddie in that film was in Three Ninjas. Okay. <laughs> also, I mean, I feel like maybe you're trying to gaslight us. <laughs> that was also, my instant response. Ellie is infuriated with how little we know about Three Ninjas, and she <laughs> wants to come on the pod too. To well, apparently, I, so I can fact check myself. Apparently, the one with Hulk Hogan is the fourth movie in the series. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So a total fail on Three Ninjas. Yeah, I'm we, sorry. Yeah. I like good movies. Oh, no bad movies. Man. Good bad number movies. one and number two hold a special I, place in my heart. No, number one and number three. I keep doing. That. As I said last time, I remember those movies. I was into those movies, but I was a real. I was like really, really young. Yeah, and so I don't remember them, and they didn't stick with me. Yeah, through like the way that other beloved movies, children's movies of that era, yeah, have stuck fair with enough. me. They just didn't stick with me. I was Tum Tum. I mean, <laughs> I am Tum Tum. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna let you say that. Yeah. Um, old business. <laughs> Yeah. Brody, I made something for you. Oh, I forgot. Oh, please um, tell me it's Business Lady. It's not. It's oh, not, it's I not. thought it was a self-recording of Business Lady. No, it's not a self-recording of Business Lady. You need to do that for so, me, though. Um, during the last episode, Best of the Best, you expressed the desire to see a, um, you know, to use the parlance of the kids, a super cut of Best of the Best. Yes. Oh, my God. Ken has made you a super cut. <laughs> This is exactly what I needed. The dramatic moments. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do that chest press. Fuck, I want to rewatch this movie now from this. That lighting in the background. Mm. How long is this? Oh, a couple minutes. Oh, yes. I'm flexing so hard. <laughs> Everything about you. Agent Kwan, so clear. I know all I want to ever know about you. <laughs> best of the best. Fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck that was a gift great for you. I know that this is a complete uh, fail in, a, in an audio medium but uh, we will post the, we'll post post the video I, I try I obviously can't be a react YouTuber because like there was too much watching and enough reacting <laughs> <laughs> yep good times uh, the other new business is that um, uh, we bought a new old TV yeah, it looks fucking dope. It's awesome. Yeah. Did you so, have a movie night on it already? Um, not a movie night, no, but we've both watched things. We've both on watched it. things on it. Yeah. I so watched we a, this week's movie on it. Yeah. So we it, bought it. That was a, a better, choice. It's a better um, 
actually it's a better experience watching the movies because you, the detail is better. So it's a TV better. from. T- it looks an, better. It's an yeah. NSE TV from the 1970s. For starters, you're not upscaling it. You're not blowing it up. You're not taking a, oh, yeah. a SD picture and making it. Looks it looks like the huge. old TV out of The Simpsons. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's awesome. New business. Yep. <laughs> this week, we're falling in love with a handsome stranger. And in the words of the one and only Trent Reznor, letting him fuck us like an animal, we're talking fuck. about Meridian Kiss of the Beast from 1990. Letting. things that I can't explain. Seduced by a dream. This feeling is so powerful. What we did was unforgivable. I think something terrible may have happened. Possessed by a dark power. I need you to love me. Sometimes he's so evil. Do you understand what you see? I'm frightened. She will awaken a curse of passion. I will become a creature. It's a superstition, a ghost story. Break this curse. Creature must be killed by the lady of the castle. I love him. Now she must destroy something that isn't real. Kill this beast. No. To save a love that isn't human. Sherilyn Fenn from Two Moon Junction. It's just a dream. It's just a dream. <laughs> Kira, what the fuck was this movie, Kira? This was a really bad this movie. This was my choice. <laughs> Why did you do this to us? Because I thought it was going to be different and it fucking was. <laughs> Please tell me that you didn't enjoy this movie. Fuck no. Oh, this good, movie thank can God. Fuck Kira was so, yes. Kira was so terrified that you would be on the movie's side. <laughs> nah. I was so worried you were going to enjoy this movie. I hated Dude, this movie with the, like, a passion. The first fucked up scene, I was like, what the fuck am I watching this here? This whole movie Kim, is what, awful. what did you watch as a child? Why would you watch this as a child? This is it. This I was severely ever. worried for it young was, Kian. I was severely worried for everyone who's ever watched this movie. This, this was the mutiny I've been waiting for. It was oh my so God. bad. Kian put it back on this morning because we watched it again to be in the mindset. <laughs> and my heart sank because I had to watch the movie again. I felt like I just watched an Italian low-grade porno. Like oh, I feel so like bad. directed by, by our good friend Charles Band. I know. I got excited when I saw that you motherfucker. I saw that and I was like, "This is going to be a good movie." Don't, don't, don't bang the table. Sorry, I'm um, getting excited. <laughs> if uh, you were listening to this podcast and you want to know about Charles Band, uh, you can listen to our episode about Future Cop, aka Trances, because uh, in that episode I go through a lot of information about who Charles Band is as a, as a dude, uh, and all of the information, like in that episode, is that I have about Charles Band is sourced from his 2001 memoir. Confessions of a Puppet Master, a Hollywood memoir of ghouls, guts, and gonzo filmmaking. And there is a link to it in our description. Uh, written by Dennis Paoli from a story by Charles Band. Charles Band is the originator of the idea of this movie. Uh-huh. Um, and that is when I lost respect for Charles Band. <laughs> okay. uh, Dennis Paoli. And that was the moment. <laughs> Dennis Paoli, on the other hand, uh, he also wrote or co-wrote um, Reanimator from Beyond 
the Pit and the Pendulum, Castle Freak, all of those were uh, directed by the and some, mostly co-written by the late great uh, Stuart Gordon and produced by Charles Band. So he worked with Charles Band a lot of times. He also wrote Ghoulies Two, uh, the second Ghoulies film, uh, which is also a Charles Band movie. It's it's Charles Band's version of Gremlins, and that movie was directed by Charles' dad, Albert Band, who also worked with Charles on lots of movies. He was a producer. And his actual directed, dad. His actual father. That's yeah. dope. Yeah, they worked on lots of worked on lots of movies together. So did his dad was his dad in the industry? Before he was, yeah, or? his dad was a. He, when Charles was a child in Italy, they were in Italy because his father was involved in the film industry. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he grew up around it, cool. um, which is one of the reasons that he wanted to get into it. Starring Sherilyn Fenn as Catherine. It's not a good enough reason to watch this movie. I mean, she is gorgeous. She is very beautiful, and I see why a probably young kid was very entranced by this film. We, we'll get into it. I don't okay. see why he was very entranced by this film. <laughs> Uh, we've already talked about her. She's in The Wraith, which which is uh, we did a few episodes back, and of course, mostly known as Audrey Horn in Twin Peaks. So this is after The Wraith. This is after The Wraith, but right before Twin Peaks. Okay, yeah. it um, seems like the kind of film that would be before The Wraith because The Wraith, which I didn't even love that much, it was a better film than this. Yeah, this movie makes me want to give all of the other movies higher grades. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then. You can see the tone of the podcast. Um, so uh, w- the last time we talked about Sherilyn Fenn, I mentioned a sitcom that she was in, and I couldn't remember the name of it. So, of course, I looked it up. It was called um, Rude Awakening. Uh, Charlie Spradling, he uh, credited Justice Charlie. Yeah, I noticed that. Why Why does he not get a last name? Well, she. That's she, Gina. sorry. It's, why does she not get a last name? Um, It's Madonna. It's choosing to use to a mononym. It's using to choosing Wait, to use who? a who? Charlie. Gina. <laughs> Apparently. The actress oh. that plays Gina is credited Justice Charlie. Did you I've know, seen did her you not in notice that? I've, no, I didn't I don't pay attention to the credits. I like Ken fill in. Yeah, I, I'm, he doesn't need to pay attention yeah. to that. He knows that I'm gonna fill that exactly. in. Exactly. But like I have seen her in other things. I'm sure she has a familiar face. I think she just has a familiar face because she seems familiar to me as well. She is also in one episode of Twin Peaks. Okay. Um and still had, credited as Charlie. I think she was using both names by okay. then. And then she also had small parts in David Lynch's Wild at Heart and uh, she's in the Doors movie. Mm. Um, her first movie she was in was the remake of The Blob from from the 80s. I don't remember her in that movie, but that's definitely a movie that I want to talk about at some point because I'm, I'm a fan of that movie. The Blob is such a thing that like everyone just knows of it. I don't know one person who's actually seen it. Have you seen it? I've seen the I've seen the original movie. The, yeah. The uh, I think it's from the fifties, and I've seen the the remake. The remake is great. The remake okay. is. A I'd very, be keen to watch them. Remake is very eighties. It's fantastic. We should chuck some horror in soon because I'm feeling some horror. I mean, didn't we just watch some horror? Was that horror? I mean, that was horrific. Okay. Let's put some good movies in the mix. Hey, let's I mean, watch that's, some good movies. That's kind of not the point of the podcast. <laughs> I don't care. This movie is terrible. Okay. You need to have need to have other points. Don't have other points. <laughs> just go on full Brody. Just go on full Brody on the pod. Just make one point over and over again. I feel like I've just been mad at Keen for two days. Since I watched the movie. Yeah. When you messaged me, have you watched the movie yet? And I was just like, nah, why? And you were like, just curious. I was I was nervous about yeah. the movie. Okay. Um, I just needed to know if anybody else had been put through this yet. Malcolm Jamison as Lawrence and uh, spoilers Oliver. Uh, he's a Scottish mm-hmm. actor. Actor. Uh, has mostly done a lot of TV. And I feel like I've seen him in some like really 
low budget stuff like maybe a lot of TV movies, a lot of British early Star TV Trek movies. or something. I don't, I don't think he ever made it to that that level. No, but like that kind of grade of yeah, stuff. Yeah, um, I didn't recognize any of his other movies or TV on his credits. Um, and Hilary Mason as Martha. She's another mostly. Uh, she's a British TV actress, and this was her third uh, Charles Band movie in a row. Um, wow. She was in Dolls before this and Robot Jocks, which is another Stuart I feel Gordon like the movie. Charles, Charles Band movies would have a lot of like repeat actors because he makes yeah. movies he has a company. so close together that you yeah. kind of go, yeah. these are the people I'm working with yeah, at the moment and, and I, I have their number and I know they're not doing anything because they just finished doing yeah. the last movie I was making. And they'd be like, he'd be like, they get what I'm about and they're just happy yeah. to go along with it as well. And they know that it's only going to be three <laughs> weeks of their lives so it's not like it's a big commitment. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, lots of uh, older actors in that era of time. I mean, that's how Donald Pleasance ends up in Halloween. Right, so he's a big actor from from earlier. He's at the end of his career, and so they throw Just him some- x amount of money for x amount of days. And yeah, he and he makes that he makes that movie, and yeah, then goes on to mad. be in like six more of them. Yeah, <laughs> trailers. This may be the part that people enjoy enjoy the yeah. most. Yeah, this was good. Uh, Have I seen the first one? Was Tremors? Tremors. Yes, you've seen, seen Tremors. That, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to Perfection, Nevada. Land of opportunity. You know how close I am to leaving this place right now? About close. Where a man can make a clean living. See, we plan ahead. That way we don't do anything right now. Earl, explain it to me. Hey, Bendy, what's the count? 640. In perfection, they say there's nothing new under the sun, but under the ground. But where do they come from? I vote for outer space. No way these were local boys. How could they bury a whole station wagon? Now this valley is just one long smorgasbord. We can make it! That's how they get you. They're under the ground. Damn prairie dog burrow. We arm ourselves. We set perimeters. We stand guard. Kevin Bacon. We could get in People magazine. Fred Ward. People. National Geographic. Tremors. We decided to leave this place just one damn day too late. I thought I had seen seen it, but then I saw the trailer and I was like, I haven't seen this movie. I fucking love this movie. It's a good one. I feel like maybe I've seen one of the sequels. Yeah, there's a lot of sequels. There's a sequel that came out last year. Yeah, maybe (laughs) I saw that. Still making these movies. Maybe I saw that. And I also get this franchise confused with Holes. The Shia LaBeouf movie? I think so. I think I think Holes is Tremors. Okay, I've never seen Holes. I've definitely seen Holes, but I definitely thought I had also seen Tremors. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Tremors is am- is amazing. Tremors is a cult classic. Tremors it looks is fucking. Tremors fun. is one of those movies that that movie failed in cinemas, right, and then found an audience on home video and became a cult movie on home video. So that means Kevin Bacon does not the- miss, man. He thought that he thought that that movie was the worst mistake of his life <laughs> for twenty years. Really? Before he realized that there was a cult following for that. For that movie. He just seriously does and he's not miss. great in it. He's I, really good. You know what? I fucking hated him because of the role he played in Invisible Man. Oh, you mean Hollow Man? Hollow Man. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I'm creeped out I by fucking, this man. I fucking can't fucking stand movie. him. But like, 
becoming an adult and realizing, no, I was scared of the movie and yeah. it was a good movie. Yeah, characters well, are different to actors. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I fucking love that man. Yeah. Mm. Everything he does is it's, gold. It's also got to like a, the whole cast is interesting. So, yeah, you got Kevin Bacon, you've got Fred Ward, um, Finn Carter, uh, Michael Gross, who's the dad from Family Ties. Oh, that's where I know. I'm yeah. From. Uh, uh, Reba McIntyre, the country singer. Ah. Um, Ariana Richards from the the little girl from Jurassic Park is in this movie. There's a lot of people in this movie. Was, uh, was yeah. this before or after Jurassic Park? Before, just before. Oh, maybe yeah, just before. Okay, my brain's just melted in terms of when Tremors comes out. It must be before. Um, uh, Robert Jane, who played M- Matt, the younger brother in Iron Eagle, as Melvin. <laughs> I mentioned it in the Iron <laughs> Eagle, Eagle episode. You did too. And yeah. Vic- Victor Wong, Victor Wong, um, Egg Shen from. John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little in Little China. Oh. He's also in uh, John Carp- another John Carpenter movie that I love that I watched a couple of days ago, pre- rewatched a couple of days ago, Prince of Darkness, and he's the grandfather in the Three Ninjas movies. <gasps> I thought he was fucking familiar. Yes. i got to stop banging the table. Dude, really need to stop. <laughs> I'm uh, just excited to be back, guys. <laughs> yeah, Tremors is fucking great. It's full of, like, practical monster effects, um, and it has really fun characters and fun banter, and it's clever. I remember liking this movie. And I just wasn't sure whether I was mistaking it for a different movie. Yeah, it's I, a great movie. I was watching it going, oh, fuck, I haven't seen this, but this is this is dope. And then there was a scene where it's like, who's packing? And they all <laughs> pull out guns, and then I... I have to see this movie. I knew I had yeah. to see this movie. Is Can we on, do this in this podcast? It is most definitely on the Fuck list. Fuck yeah. Fantastic. Um, I don't own it yet on VHS, but I got a line on a couple of, couple of copies. <laughs> Fuck yeah. He's got and a line on a couple of copies. <laughs> sounds like a dealer. It does. <laughs> Deals in VHS. Deal in VHS. What do you want? What do you got? <laughs> Show me your wares. I got the new shit. Open your trench coat for me. The, Show me I what you got. New, I got the new old shit. <laughs> I got it for you. The second trailer, uh, another 48 hours, the sequel to 48 hours. You don't know what you do to me. Ah, want to kiss myself. It's God. And I got the feeling. Ah. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. Whatever it's been seven long years. Look, I got 48 hours to bring this guy in. I'm history. You want me to go out with you for another 48 hours? Now look, Reggie, this time I promise you it's going to be different. But Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte are back. Let me tell you something. I ain't working for you. I don't like you and I don't trust you. (laughs) Welcome back, Red. And they're making up for lost time. You got the same car, same clothes. That's the way I like it. I get attached to things, Reggie. Another 48 hours. Oh, you're in trouble with the law this time. Good. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, Nick Nolte. I'm driving. I was one of the chauffeur, Reggie. Another 48 hours. thought that was a sequel. Have I seen the first one? No, you have not seen the first the first. Have I one seen one of the... I'm sure I've seen the first one. You have not. As far as I know... It's you... in the cultural zeitgeist, though. You've definitely seen bits of maybe this around. Maybe that's what it is. It felt like I had seen maybe one of the sequels or the first one or not this one, but maybe... No. no? The first no. one was popular. 
it would, yeah, it was. But that doesn't mean I've so seen it. So it's a movie that I that I I've seen both of those movies as a kid, but I've never but I've never revisited them. Okay. Um, I was like into Eddie. I loved Eddie Murphy yeah. because of Beverly Hills Cop, right? And it was Nick and Nolte. It might be Nick, that I'm just like melding other yeah. movies together because um, it's not Nick like Nolte, it's full I get tropes, confused so. with um with Gary Busey. All the time. How did you know that? Because everybody does. There's the exact same face. I mean, not really, but yeah. I would like to see them side by side. I need to. Um, I was worried we were going to be low energy today because it's early in the morning, but I don't think that that's going to be a problem. I was no. worried I was going to be low energy I, mean, the, I the, hate the, this, pod, this, the, this movie. You hate this podcast? You hate this no, podcast? Yeah, I love this pod. I'm so excited to be back on the podcast. Yeah. Another 48 Hours is directed by Walter Hill, who directed the first movie in the series. He also directed The Warriors and Streets of Fire. Oh, Warriors. no wonder it's such a fucking good movie. Yeah, I have a love-hate relationship with him. Really? Yeah, Walter Hill is like really well uh, regarded within the within kind of you know the film fan film Twitter kind yeah. of thing thing. Um, but I kind of find that all of his movies are very one note. Every single actor in every single one of his movies, Eddie Murphy is the exception, is playing a tough guy, mm. and I he's just very one note as a director, um, okay. and kind of annoys me. Yeah, I get yeah. You. But like even the women, even the women play tough guys in in his. Movies. But like there are directors who just do certain things. You know what I mean? They don't go out of their fold. It's just fucking exhausting. But it's not. It's different than like say he uh, like a dude that makes like act, all action movies, right? He makes all he makes action movies. He's an action movie director. That's fine. I'm saying within the movie there is no variation. I'm saying that within the movie every character sounds and speaks the exact same way, and that has to come from him as a director directing people to directing every actor the yeah. same. Way. Yeah, and I don't think that that helps a movie in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, let's not get too bogged. We down do eventually have to talk about Marie. yeah, and then uh, Crash and Burn. Yes, in the year 2035, a corporate power will rule our nation with terror, using a secret army of synthetic humans. They will destroy all who oppose them. But a small outpost of rebels will fight their killing machines. By reviving a weapon from their past, they will wage the final battle for our future. Kids Save the World movie? Uh, I don't know. I've never seen it. Oh. It's a Charles Band movie. Is it? Yes. It, it looks fun. fucking great. Um, so it was originally released as a sequel to a movie I've already mentioned today called Robot Jocks. I fucking love Robot Jocks. Fuck it's yeah. It's giant stop motion robots fighting each other in a future world where that's how uh, countries settle their political arguments. <laughs> Oh, it's fucking fuck amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely on the list. Um, oh my God, so yeah. it was it was yeah, it was released as a sequel. It's not a sequel. It's just made by the same people. That's just Charles Band selling. <laughs> it is. It looks like I have no movie. idea what fucking happened in it, but I feel like he stole the plot of like Gundam. 
Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of that that vibe. Yeah, yeah. He probably saw like some some uh, Gundam know, shit. Anime, yeah, some, some robot stuff. Iron Brotherhood like, kind of shit. Yeah, and pulled it robot, up. Robot Jocks is great. Crash and Burn is again. It's a trailer to a movie that I've seen lots of times. I was excited because it was the sequel to Robot Jocks. It's not the sequel <laughs> to Robot Jocks, and I just never saw it. Right. I just never go never never go around to it. So I don't know. Could be good. Could I have be. no idea what happens in the film either. No, that trailer was confusing as fuck. Yeah. But it <laughs> looks like it's got some good good characters, good moments maybe. Looks like it's got some good practical robot stop motion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, the best movie I've ever seen is next. Nasty Boys 2. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the what best the movie fuck? you've ever seen? Nasty Boys. <laughs> Las Vegas. Business as usual. There's the bad guys. And the good guy. He's in trouble. But someone else is watching. Give me a beat! They're back. Badder than ever. Las Vegas' toughest undercover cops on a deadly new assignment. There's a killer on the streets taking the law into his own hands. I don't think it's a gang thing. No, what do you think it is, Dr. Wheeler? Nutcase? Lone justice? And he ain't taking prisoners. This entire building is wide with plastic explosives. You can't touch me. Sounds like a job for the boys. Nasty Boys 2. Kill or be killed. Out now. I've never seen it, but like, oh my God. I did want to know this amazing. movie because of the song with it. Does it have a music video? I feel like it must have a music video. I, I don't know, know actually. Because it thing. feels very much like an I 80s wasn't movie actually that able have had one. It was a struggle to find out information about this movie online. The reason is because it's not a movie. What? It's a TV show. But it's Nasty Boys 2. Yes. It's a TV movie. Oh. It's oh. so there was a there was a TV movie called Nasty Boys that was a that was a um you know a secret pilot for a TV show because yeah. that's the way the network sometimes used to do stuff. They make oh. a TV movie and if the TV movie is successful that turns into a series. That's interesting. Right? So it's yeah. like a way to do a pilot, right? But not lose money on a pilot sure. if it doesn't take off. Yeah. So it was a TV show. Um and then I can't find out if Nasty Boys 2 is a different TV movie. Or if it is just episodes of the show, <laughs> this show show seems to have like disappeared from from the from the internet. It okay. had everything. It had magic, jazz, karate. It just looks like so. The TV show also only lasted thirteen episodes. Okay. So there's every chance that this Nasty Boys two is just like two or three episodes uh, cut together into a TV movie to make money in foreign markets. Uh, okay. Right? How good is the line? What do you think it is? I don't know. Could be a nutcase. Or Lone Justice. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking brilliant. And like the cast was like all of like um, yeah, that so cop show. It's Dennis Franz from NYPD Blue, uh, Benjamin Bratt, who's in a ton of stuff. Uh, Demolition Man's the first thing I really remember him from. He's, he's also in, in one of the cop shows, isn't he? He might be. Um, the TV show was created by Dick Wolf. 
who created uh, Law, so much Law and Order yeah. and the Chicago shows, PD, uh, Fire, Med. I've never seen any of it. Yeah, I can't remember last time I watched anything that TV, on network, yeah. <laughs> the network television anywhere in the world. Yeah, so it's not uncommon for TV movies in the US to be released in other countries like they're real movies. Um, there is a there is a movie that is in our store that is in the in the collection with Rooker Hauer in it that apparently is a HBO TV movie hmm. that I didn't I just thought it was like a, a straight to video release. Yeah. yeah. So in the when I was kind of looking up that movie going, oh yeah, I remember that movie. I'm gonna What's have the a difference look at what between it is. a TV movie and a straight to video release. Well the TV movie aired on television first, Brody. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean like when it's packaged up and put in as a movie, like how would it watch different? It doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't watch, watch dif- different. wasn't watched different, but in the US. Guys, it, these are questions our audience need to know. We need to assume the US, that there is dumb It has a big watermark over it that says TV. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> in, the, in the US, it was probably never released on video. I feel like I've seen a thousand of those from oh, yeah, just like hiring shit. Yeah, Absolutely. And that's the end of the the trailers. There are some trailers. There is some trailers after the. Oh, thank God there were trailers at the end of this fucking film. Saving Grace. They were good too. So who's going (laughs) to recap the premise of Meridian Kiss of the Beast? Also Um, just note on the title, it was released as both Meridian and Kiss of the Beast and in some markets as Meridian Kiss of the Beast. Well, that's confusing. (laughs) I'll do it. Thank you. Meridian is a creepy, creepy... Creepy version of Beauty and the Beast. Are you only going to put three creepies there? Deserves a lot more than that and worse words, but I'm going to go with yeah, creepy. Yeah, it deserves some worse words. Creepy, um, Italian, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. yeah, pretty accurate. Yeah, that's pretty spot on. I was just going to add to that and I got nothing. Yeah. There are, there's, there's, okay, there are elements of Beauty and the Beast that are also technically creepy, but... Yeah, I mean, the whole story. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Be, be, having seen this, everything in Beauty and the Beast is forgiven. Yeah. <laughs> because if it could have been this and it wasn't, so it's fine. <laughs> wow. There's okay. like an attempt at putting in a story here that like just makes it worse, I feel. <laughs> Like there's an attempt to make it not Beauty and the Beast, but every element that's added makes it creepier. Yeah. Just worse. (laughs) I'm so glad you hated this movie. We can be in this together. (laughs) Revolt. We're revolting. It's mutiny. Mutiny on the podcast. The blockbuster guide. Yep. To uh, movies and videos. Please tell me there's a fucking review from our old mate. 1998. Reads. Meridian, a gorgeous young California woman finds that she's a descendant of Merlin the Magician. Oh no, that's that's a completely different one. <laughs> <laughs> was that intentional? Yeah, I'm just fucking around. Um, no, Meridian. While visiting an Italian castle, Fen becomes caught up between cursed twins, one whom becomes a beast while making love. Supernatural softcore has a few effective scenes. Two and a half stars. Supernatural softcore. Supernatural softcore. That's fucking spot on. Yeah. Two um, and a half stars is too high for this movie. That's fucking high. <laughs> Janet Maslin of the New York Times did not review this Damn movie. Damn it. Because it's straight to video and, and she didn't review she, straight to video. She reviews better films than this. We should also <laughs> she start She would not put trying, herself through this movie. We should, we should start trying to like submit films to I her to review. <laughs> Well, she's blocked us. She doesn't want she's to talk blocked to us. us. She doesn't want anything to do with us. But, uh, damn it! But um, it would be it would be fun if we could get her to do a, a current review. Oh my god, <laughs> that would be amazing. This movie is fairly widely available. It's wow. 
On well, because it's Charles Band. Oh right, because right. he's got his own streaming yeah, platform. Yeah, yeah, it's on Tubi in seven twenty. Yeah, so you can just watch it on Tubi ad supported. Um, in two thousand sixteen, Full Moon released a remastered version of the movie. Um, to DVD. Well, they bothered because they retitled it The Ravaging and treated it like it was a new movie. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Charles. So now ben. it's been Meridian, you Meridian, Kiss of the Beast, Kiss of the Beast, and Ravaging. The Ravaging. The Ravaging. Yeah. Well, now that now he just has to release it again under just Ravaging without the yeah. words cleaner. <laughs> and clean. then- you can also uh, buy it directly from Charles Band. Uh, <sighs> At fullmoondirect.com. What? Um, Nobody should do that. And yeah. you can search to watch it wherever you are in the world on uh, Just Watch. Don't do that either. My backstory for this movie. This is where we worry about Ken. <laughs> the way I was brought up. Oh, I have to have God. a serious chat with your mother. <laughs> I feel like he was allowed to stay up too late one night and just like was enthralled by this. Pretty close, Brody. Thank you. So I've had similar experiences. <laughs> so picking up from the the episode of the Wraith, where I already mentioned that Sherilyn Fenn plays a pretty magnificent role in my awakening as a sexual being on this planet. Yeah. Um, the part two of that's of this story, um, because looking respectfully, Sherilyn Fenn is fucking stunningly beautiful in this move in this movie. Very true. Um, she fucking glows. Like she glows off the screen, even in shitty VHS version of yeah, this, this I could movie. barely see what was going on on the screen yeah. and I still knew even she in the was murk beautiful. of this yeah. of this the VHS of this movie. And that is as far plans. as I'll go to comment on that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, obviously. Um uh this is a movie that I came across on late night television alone in my room when I was a child. <laughs> and it happens. Blew my fucking mind. Yeah. Yeah. How old were you when you watched Race? Uh, I watched Wraith fairly young, so I was like maybe seven or eight. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, you were like nine when you saw this. Ten. It's not I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna reveal what age I was because we at the end we're gonna. Talk, okay. We're gonna talk okay, about. Okay. True. That. True. True. So, um, but yeah, I was just looking for a ballpark. Yeah. yeah. But, so, but I never knew. The thing is, is that it was on late night television. I watched the movie. Uh, was enthralled by the Sherilyn fan of it all, mm. but I didn't know what the fucking movie was called. Uh, yeah, and I had no way. This is before before the uh, before one of the those internet. dreams, like those it's movies one of those that movies that exist. Yeah, like yeah. you don't know. Like you, so you may not have even seen the whole thing. You might have only seen like the second. No, half I'm pretty sure or... that I watched the whole movie. I'm pretty sure right. that I watched that I watched the whole movie. Yeah, as a movie. young boy, you sit there for the first kind of quarter of the film. You're sitting there for the rest. But even if the thing is, is that even if I had seen it from the beginning, even if it had started, I don't think that. I would have remembered. I just didn't remember the name of the movie. Yeah, and so I suppose it, the the Meridian. It's not really going to stick in your head, right? It's yeah. not actually. It's not like they ever. Do they ever even say no, Meridian? They never said not the word at all. Meridian. What does? What's Meridian? I have no idea. <laughs> I was going to look up the word Meridian. I think I'm a vague. Meridian. I'm going to uh, look it up. Between or yeah, I think it's like you keep talking the about your backstory, and I'll look up Meridian. Yeah, the word. Um. So for years, I tried to find this movie. When I like, like years later, vague description. No, well, I mean, I don't know if I ever, I ever told anybody about it, but I definitely went looking for it in like books and stuff. Yeah, and I and I know that I rediscovered it at a certain point. I I, I re I figured out what the what the movie was. Yeah, and I've definitely seen it since I was a kid. I definitely watched it again, probably when I was in my twenties. But because uh, my twenties are fucking mush in my brain, um, yeah. 
I don't remember a lot. So it was very much felt like a re, like a rewatch. Although I did remember quite a, quite a big chunk, big quite big chunks of it. There's not much that actually happens. There's not a in lot this in film. it. Yeah, it's very repetitive. It goes for a movie length. But not much happens. Yeah, I have some thoughts on. I on, feel like it could fit in an episode of TV, to be honest. Yeah, later on I'll talk a little bit about about. I have some thoughts about. Okay, that. okay, yeah. okay. There's a couple of things that could be the reason this movie is called Meridian. Mm-hmm. One of them is the uh, the term the Meridian Moon. Uh, I can imagine yeah. that that could have been yeah, maybe an initial like, uh, yep. reasoning. Um, mostly, it's just like it's the Meridian line on the Earth, and there's Chinese acupuncture stuff, but. Um, if you talk about a person's meridian, you mean the person's prime, that person's prime of life. You can also say that someone or something is reaching or approaching its meridian. Right. That's oh, in I its it was meridian. What you're meant to become. Yeah. So it could. Maybe. I think of- that I think that it's very likely that Charles liked the word. Yeah. Yeah. And then usually and then, there'd be some sort of connection, but yeah. I think that's very likely that it's just it's just he, you know, had that word in his in his brain and then decided yeah. to use it as a title. When I used to write. Is like my primary hobby. That's exactly how I used to do things. I liked words and then I would find ways to use them. <laughs> yeah. I was a very good writer, if you couldn't tell. I'm sure you were. <laughs> so let's talk our way through Meridian, Kiss of the Beast. Uh, okay. We have to. <laughs> wow. First Can of all, how long did this, this one take hostile, to film? I could, I could just go on strike from the podcast. <laughs> How long uh, did this one take to make? I'll talk a little bit about the making of it as we as we kind of talk through it. Okay. So did it take more than a day? Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I feel like it could have been done in a That's day. That's your first question. So we yes opened. And no, it has it has the like has nighttime scenes. Nighttime <laughs> nighttime scenes, but also you know the gorilla costume. Oh yeah, true. Um, so we open under the credits with some fleeting images of grotesque statues mm-hmm. uh, with some optical effects to make their eyes glow and the first kind of scene that we get is a slow motion shot of the circus performers the sideshow performers exiting a giant stone head with its mouth and eyes backlit with smoke which we assume is probably a hell mouth of some kind right it's definitely a doorway of some description i mean we don't Mm -hmm. know that at this particular time (laughs) they could just be performing at nighttime in this in this place Okay. okay um uh, and and I'll talk a little bit more about those the statues. Did you just say they could be fo- performing at nighttime in this place? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, you don't know at this point. At this point, you don't know what the fuck's happening. Now, I mean, later you know what's happening. I mean, we're going through a spooky graveyard with like statues and well, stuff. It's not a graveyard. It's a it's well, a statuary okay. park. Okay. True. Yeah. Um, and then. You will not be an apologist for this movie. Thank you. <laughs> we will not allow you to do that. I have not expressed to you in any way, shape, or form how I feel about this movie. So I don't know why you're assuming that I'm going to be an apologist for this, mo- for this movie. Um, in a church, uh, all in Italian, we meet a little boy who's bringing a priest a painting from the uh, signora at the castle. Uh, the scene reminded me of like the fifth element scene where it's like, more light, more Aziz, light, Aziz, more light. More light. <laughs> similar, visually similar. Yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the priest is pretty dismissive. They don't need more art. And this is what, this is worthless. It's just a painting of some hills. So the Italian countryside. And he does ask what Signora at the castle, check off Signora at the castle. Um, <laughs> another man who's a painter, uh, working on a looks looks like he's restoring a fresco inside the inside the church. Notices that the frame is from the 15th century and uh, scrapes on it to reveal to the priest that under, there's an older painting underneath. One thing I noticed: there's a close up 
So the 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 restoration guy is scraping with a little painter's tool, like a little small, tiny trowel, yeah, basically. And then there's a close up of somebody wiping on the painting, <laughs> and it's because they reveal the face of the face of the the beast a yeah. little bit, and it's. In Gina's hand yeah, from later from in later. the movie. Ah, <laughs> ah, <laughs> like they needed to decide it in the edit that they needed to sell that there was a the, the painting underneath. Well better. done, yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> you are good at picking that up. The softness of the hand was too, was oh, too obvious. Like it's an exact repeat of a shot. That <laughs> that. Like they use the exact same part of the exact same shot. It's framed exactly. Ah, it's the well exact done. Thing. Um, and then we get, we actually get a, like an attempt at, uh, again, an attempt at craft. There's a nice transition shot where we move away from the priest down into the catacombs to find some skulls and and uh, candles and then there's a dissolve from the um from the real skulls to paintings of the skulls that takes us to the, to the next scene. Why were mm. the skulls just out? Because it's a church. Yeah, they because do they, that? yeah, reliquary. Yeah, so cat- think about the catacombs under Paris. Yeah, they I just know have- about catacombs. I just didn't think that they just had the Skulls, skulls and stuff. Yeah, in an old, in a really old church. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Did do they detach the skull from the body? Yeah, where's the body? I think there's a practice that involves something like that that would eventually be forgotten, and then it's like, oh, it's consecrated ground or whatever. So like, yeah. our new practices are different, but we'll leave those. We skulls also kind detached. of we're also right. about to learn that the church is being repaired and reconsecrated for some reason. We don't yeah. we never really like find there's out where. some shit in like Rome that's like a whole thing built out of bones. Isn't that's there? that's not it's Rome. It's further into Eastern Europe. Yeah, but yes, but yeah, where they you basically ran out of space in their catacombs and started to artists started to build shan- with like the bones. Sh- chandeliers and yeah. decorating with the with the bones from the from the catacombs. Yeah, real creepy. Yeah, yeah. it's a good time. And so this is our introduction to to Gina. So the priest that we've already that we've already been introduced to is talking to an older gentleman about having the painting restored so that he can present it to the cardinal who's coming to reconsecrate the church uh, on Monday. And this, this seems to be Friday. Yeah, and may I say at this point, everything that's been said has been in Italian. So I'm sitting at home going, <laughs> Kian, this motherfucker has put an Italian what, you film. you can't read? I'm, look, I'm fine for subtitles. Usually it's when I'm watching anime, but I like, man, I, I've had a big weekend and I like, I was like, fuck it, I'm not going to do it last night. I'm not going to do it on Friday because I got shit to do. I'll do it in the morning before the so podcast. So you watched this movie this morning. I watched it this morning <laughs> and I was sitting there fucking bleary eyed just going like, Ken, I I'm going to have to read so this whole much. movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, God it wasn't. Yeah. So the priest would like the painting restored by Monday. It seems like it's Friday. What were they going to yeah. give the the cardinal or whatever before they, they just found wanna, this? They just want to show it to him. They don't, right. They're not going to give it to They're not going to give him the painting. They're going to show him the painting. They want right. to show him the painting. Yeah. Did anyone yeah. else have What if like, it's not even a good painting? They don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, they don't have no idea what, what, the paint, what the painting is. Has anyone else had like that moment as well with bosses where it's like, Oh no no no! You your time is your time, but yeah. this work will be done by Monday. Yeah. And it's just like <laughs> the old Italian dude. She's like, "Fuck Gina you!" Gina is straight away like, "Like uh, I got shit on this weekend. Yeah, uh, I can't. I'm going to see my friend who just came back to Italy." And the old man's like, "Yeah yeah good. It'll be done by Monday." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, Gina, your time is your time, but cardinal, it'll be but, done. But th- that seems a little rushed, right? Oh, to, to restore, restore a painting. Yeah, you, shouldn't, oath. you shouldn't rush it. I mean, normally when you're restoring a painting, you're not just getting a wet brush like she's doing and wiping the paint off, but like, <laughs> hey. <laughs> 
According to uh, ourbusinessnews.com. Okay. That's a website? Yep. Fantastic. In an article from 2015, How do conservatives restore damaged artworks? What does it cost and how does it impact its value? By Isabel Tottenham. There is a quote. Conservatives say that it can take two to three weeks to restore a painting. However, this timing can vary depending on the piece's condition, the extent of the damage, and the painting size. A large painting with extensive damage could take months, and in some cases, years. But she can get it done by Monday. She, but she'll have it done yeah. by Monday. Gina, yeah. Gina's that good. She's real good. She's real good. I remember there was she like seems some to have famous artwork that was painted over. <laughs> yeah, there's that, there's that that old lady that restored a fresco in a church. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. And it was like um, they had to x-ray to get everything done and like to know where everything was. It's like, man, if someone's painted over this shit, you're not just going to fucking like wet it just, and then just it comes use some, off. Just use some, some paint thinner on <laughs> and she and rubs, it. She rubs that fucking yeah. painting pretty hard too. Yeah. And then we get another transition. We transition from the painting to the Italian countryside where Gina, the Gina is, is driving through and we see the castle in the distance. And yes, motherfuckers, that's Charles Band's castle. <laughs> yeah. It's Castello di Giovi, um, which is the castle that he owned. And yes, they shot this movie at the castle, at his, you know, more than 200-room Italian castle. And then we're introduced to to Catherine, to Cheryl and Fenn, uh, looking at uh, two red dresses as she unpacks. We very quickly get we get a bunch of exposition. We meet Martha, who's her, her nanny. Um, uh, Catherine's been gone for ten years and only just returned to the castle. The castle looks the same, and Martha responds, "There's been some changes," mm. uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Gina arrives. Gina just goes straight to the room that they're they're in. Yeah. Has she been there before? No. But you know what we must assume? And also this is, I know, I mean, I know this is a 200-room castle. How did she know where? Catherine? <laughs> they must have other staff, which I have a lot of questions oh, about. Other staff, yeah. There's some, yeah. some interesting there, uh, stuff there. Um, so Gina's pretty impressed that Catherine owns a castle. Um, it's from the family. Uh, Bum- oh, I'm going to fuck this name up. I'm only going to say it once, and I'm going to fuck it up. Right. So the the Bomanzini, I think, is the name of the is the name of the place. It, that is a that is a name of the that is in the region where that actual castle is. So Charles Band has taken it from from the from that. Yeah, castle. cool. Uh, her family was was once nobility, but the nobility is gone. Um, and then Martha says, except in spirit. Oh yeah. <laughs> So many things she <laughs> dropped throughout this fucking movie. We also learned that that uh, Catherine's nickname is Little Star, which it does come back later, but it's just it's pretty superfluous. How does it come back? Uh, it comes back at the end. It's it, they refer to it again. It's like he's trying to set something up, but he doesn't know what he's doing with it, and then he never really pays it off. Yeah. Right. Um, Gina can only stay the night because now she has to go restore this painting. Yeah. They're both artists. The painting Catherine's, B plot is just so unnecessary it's just to thematic. this film. It's just trying to. <laughs> it's, I I mean, we talk about it more later, but it's just like, what the fuck was the purpose of this at all? <laughs> What? I mean, there's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean the painting about oh, why do a, why do a podcast? Why why talk yeah. about this movie? But like, she could have just got off the plane or the boat, however she got back and experienced this movie. The friend is completely superfluous. Gina, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she drives the plot forward at the beginning, and then, yeah. and then yeah, I she mean, does. she's the reason that. She's the so the as we're about yeah, to kind true, of talk about true, true, it would have been better for Cheryl and Fenn if she hadn't come to visit. And but she that's stayed in pl- yeah. But like she's only there because our Cheryl and Fenn character is like not as ed- 
as adventurous. Oh, man, it's not even, like, there's no characterization. Like, you can say that she's not adventurous. There are scenes where, there's a scene later that we will talk about where she says one thing and then somebody says something to her. They're not even trying to convince her and then she says the exact, she says yeah. the exact opposite. She is because, a complete blank because, slate. Because plot. Like, I feel bad in saying this, but she is literally just a body in this film. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so Catherine's back in, we learn that Catherine's back in Italy for good. They're both artists. They must have met in college. The, they talk about the academy. So they're, um, uh, and Gina's a painter and Catherine is a, is a sculptor. Yeah. Gina hears performers outside. She hears the, the sound of the uh, the traveling sideshow. That castle is so much further away than what it is when she looks out the window. Yeah. <laughs> She looks out the window down into a courtyard, right, where the with the traveling performers yeah, are. Yeah, they look like they're like, like hundred like meters fuck, away. It looks like it's on the fucking grounds of yeah, the castle. Yeah, because <laughs> they just got the same shot from wherever they're doing that angle. Yeah. Uh, well, they went so. to a window where they could see the like. Yeah. It could even be a different a different window. Yeah, you don't 100%. see them all in the same shot at the same Because they would have filmed it on the grounds. And yeah, then, they filmed the yeah. whole. They filmed pretty much the whole movie on the grounds of the castle. <laughs> So um, I did have a moment of hope with this when we first saw the circus performers and everything because it kind of reminded me of the players from um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. <laughs> oh, they are not the players they're from not. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. No, they are not. But for a moment there, I was like, oh, this might be a bit like that. No. Yeah, we'll get some yeah. interesting people. No. no. There are five characters in this film. Three of them are blank slates. Two of them are the same person. <laughs> <laughs> And a couple of them are ghosts. <laughs> yeah, two of them are the same person, and they pretend to be the same person as well. Oh my god! We, yeah, well, um, yeah. Uh, Gina wants to go see the performers, and Catherine doesn't want to see them because that kind of show, those kind of shows, uh, freak her out, or she's uh, they creep her out. Mm. Um, but uh, Gina insists that they go check it out. On the way down, they walk through the creepy statue park. This was shot really cool. I appreciated this. It kind of gave a good eeriness to it. This is one of the things, like, when I was a kid, the creepy statues was like, oh, my God, this is, like, this is amazing. What is this? Um, I thought the creepy statues would come back more. I was expecting it to be that, like, they come alive when the moon is right or whatever. Yeah. Because of the story behind the wizard turned them into stone sins and stuff, I thought that that was going to... That did not come through so strong, hey. Yeah, nothing really happened with that other than that like these the guys person come who out the set mouth the curse it. is the wizard who was turning people to stones, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so, so yeah. that's why there's a magical element to this. So the like original founding of the castle. Yes. By the, right. Yeah. Okay. Right. But it doesn't really work, and it doesn't really connect. There is a line later. So to give to provide context for people that maybe haven't seen the movie, if you haven't seen this movie, Don't. I mean, <laughs> make your own choices. Um, <laughs> Uh, so Catherine, as they're walking through this stone park, there's all this very kind of grotesque, uh, there's giants holding up children. Yeah. It's a very, it's very um, scary looking statuary. Yeah. And it's that kind of like weird scary where it's like nothing like with big horns and like yeah, typically yeah. scary, but you're looking at going, this is unsettling. And also the, well, the statues are huge. They're yeah. not that tiny too, statues, yeah. right? So um, Catherine tells Gina that in the 15th century, a wizard created the castle out of a mountain and turned his enemies to stone. What kind of weirdo built this place? Well, one of the stories is that back in the 1500s, a wizard created the castle out of a mountain, and then he turned his enemies into stone and put them here. Yeah, he had some nasty-looking enemies. Yeah. The statue shows the curse of the person that sinned. So that's the setup for the the statue park. Um, Yeah, it's a real place. 
Mad. It's not built for the mo- built for the movie. It's a real right. place. It's a real place that's like near the castle. So it's about convenience of location. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh and uh, it's called, there's a, the English translation of its Italian name, I'm not even going to attempt its Italian name, is Park of the Monsters. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Right? So in the 16th century, a wealthy mercenary fell in love with a noble woman, but their relationship was short-lived because she, she died. And so in his grief, he commissioned the park um, using Fucking all of his cool. wealth to build, to build uh, statues. Yeah, so it's a real it's a real place. That's a more With exciting real. movie than. It's a really <laughs> interesting, really probably a more interesting backstory than yeah. it was a wizard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's kind of cool, and and we learn that Catherine's been drawn there since she was a, since she was a little girl. If I was a kid and that park was nearby, that'd be like where I hung out. That would be, <laughs> yeah. my, that'd be my spot. Yeah, I can imagine goth bloody Kian doing that. I wasn't really goth. I was yeah. a more grunge kid. But yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, goth was like. A little bit darker and blacker than what I imagine. I young mean, Katie was pretty blonde, black. I had long blonde hair. Yeah, I, I did know. wear a lot of black. I saw. I mean, I saw lonely basically. On the <laughs> yeah, and painted your nails. Yeah, um, which he still does. Yeah, the <laughs> the sideshow Favre's World of Wonders. It feels like something straight out of D and D. It's it's meant to be povo though, right? Yeah, it's it's like because you would assume with a magical circus that they're actually good and yeah, actually, and what yeah. so yeah, I mean they it's could have a, done it's better kind of like they a, have actual magic, right? It's a freak show style kind of like traveling traveling show, right? Yeah. Um, there's a strong man, a belly dancer, a little person in a Renaissance garb uh, running around with a whip. Yeah, um, so it's pretty lame. <laughs> Like it's, it's not a good terrible. show. And like but the big trick is someone shoots a crossbow like five meters away from the target. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the the little person is um, Phil Fondacaro, who is an actor that I know from lots of stuff. So he's in yeah. Willow. He's one of the guy one one of the people one of the um the I forgot the name of the the little people in Willow. Uh, anyway, but he's one of the one of the warriors in Willow. Willow. No. Val Kilmer. No. Oh my god! That's completely what not a, even part of my. Oh my god! You've never seen Willow? Cultural memory, yeah. That's so exciting for you. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna have to put Willow on the list. Yeah, fuck yeah! I mean, Kira, you know Willow. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <You're> totally quiet. <laughs> really? Have you shown it to me? Really? Ian, <laughs> there are some like movies that we will not watch unless you're showing it to us. I felt. I swear, we must have seen. We must have seen Willow. It's not impossible. It's but like basically it's Val Kilmer. <laughs> you saying Val-, Val Kilmer and little people doesn't give me enough information. It really doesn't. <laughs> it's it's a beloved film. Um, what happens? It's it, the, the title sounds familiar, so, but okay, I'm looking so at a lot of a bunch it. Of, uh, <laughs> so it's like a fantasy. It's a fantasy movie, like a medieval kind of fantasy movie, where where uh, an evil queen is trying to uh, kill a child that's prophesied to kill to kill her. The child is sent down river. Uh, a bunch of little people, nah. a little bunch of little people. Basically, uh, it's kind of like they're kind of like hobbits. They're not hobbits, but they're kind of like hobbits. I think they're called. Yeah. The, the, I can't remember what they're called. Anyway, but Warwick Davis, who's one of the Ewoks from yeah, yeah, he's and he's also famous. Grip Hook in in Harry Potter, he's yeah. a famous little person. He, um, him and his wife find the baby, and then they go. Oh, uh, I do remember. Yeah, this and they movie. go on a mission to find to return the baby to the big people, to the mm. to the big people, and then they go on this massive like it's a fantasy adventure adventure movie from the eighties, yeah, oh no, directed by Ron Howard. Val Kilmer is basically playing Jack Sparrow before Jack Sparrow existed. I do fucking love me some Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer is fucking amazing in that yeah. movie. 
Um, and that does ring a bell now. I think maybe anyway, I have seen that. Phil Fondacaro is one of the actors in that, that, in, that mo- in that movie. Uh, Phil Fondacaro is also in Steel Justice. Yeah. yeah. Which I bought this week. Hey. Who, the, Martin, the Martin Cove trailer. Ah, uh, Steel Justice. Justice. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you I remember it if you know. say it with yeah. <laughs> uh, He's also in, uh, Phil, uh, yeah, Phil's also in uh, Garbage Pail Kids movie uh, and Ghoulies 2, uh, the other Charles Band movie. He is, his name in the credits is Dwarf in this movie. Wait, is Garbage Pail Kids a live action movie? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, his name is Dwarf in this movie. I'm going to refer to him as Phil. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I'm not going to call him Dwarf throughout the yeah. uh, throughout the, the podcast. We can call him Phil. Yeah, and then we get our introduction to Lawrence, the ringleader of of the uh, of the circus, uh, who's a magician. What the fuck is his accent? What the <laughs> no fuck is his clue. accent? He's it Scottish. changes all the time. Oh, it, he's no, never consistent. He's Scottish, but he's doing a French thing. I thought they were doing rolls, a thing, but he rolls his R's. Yeah. <laughs> Just a grandiose motherfucker, probably. And then he just drops it. It's I thought they were doing a thing, like, later on where, like, one, one speaks of them, one way and yeah. one speaks the other. No, they're not. He just changes his accent all the time. Yeah. It's it's very... Uh, just how much energy he had for that scene. <laughs> I don't know. But it changes within scenes, it changes actually. Within scenes. Oh. He just drops it Maybe all the time. Maybe he's just not very good at keeping accents. Yeah. And so it... Evolves and he's just trying yeah. to not sound Scottish. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, his all of his patter is talking about you know the value of monsters. Um, uh, it's all there's a lot of nonsense. He also talks about truth, um, which becomes a, a theme of the of the movie. Oh god, um, was it? <laughs> yeah, we see uh, a mask man, the a mask man shoot a crossbow. Um, we see him stare intently at one of our ladies. Yeah, so he starts like, making, "How did they clock that across the room?" <laughs> <laughs> he starts making eyes at Catherine, um, and then we get a we get like we basically see some shots of the show, and the show is really unimpressive. Yeah. It's not it's really so a shot of a show. Uh, a dude eats a snake. Yeah, yeah. He pulls a snake out of his pants, eats it. That's that would be pretty impressive to see. But then the next thing <laughs> is the strong man breaking clearly fake chains yeah. and picking up and then just a belly picking dancer. up Phil and then holding him while someone shoots a crossbow like a meter. Yeah, at his drum. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, was it. Drum. that um, was it. And then they need a volunteer. Uh, and Lawrence points to Catherine and the masked man goes into the crowd to grab her. But she's just like, yeah, no. Yeah, no, and thank Vegeta, you. of course, is, ha- is kind of. I happy value my life. <laughs> yeah, she's chained very loosely to a board. Yeah, I feel like she can move around. <laughs> that way more. chain is not doing anything <laughs> to keep like, her still. She can just move and get a dagger in the eye. <laughs> yeah. But it's okay because Lawrence can't hit shit because all of his shots go like real wide. So wide. <laughs> I was like, even even this actual like shooting of it. No one questioned, like, isn't the trick to get the knives near? As close as possible. Yeah. So they could have just faked it. Well, they do fake it as well. The thing is the way that it's cut, right, you see him throw one knife and then you see that they do a cut where they cut to it and it's already in the board. Yeah. And then you hear two more knives. You don't even see him. You see him throw. You hear them. And then they cut back to her and one of the knives is kind of almost close to her. Yeah. But the two others are, like, completely wide. I also was thinking <laughs> this whole time, I was like, stagecraft, people, like... You're throwing the knives on the side where the, the audience can't the movie, see. And also, yeah, and also the movie. The, the movie. I thought about that. Yeah, it was terrible staging. 
<laughs> also, the movie decides to make that scene like super dramatic and tension filled, and it's like there is no tension here. There is no danger here. And then, fine. like, instead of focusing in on her to get some reaction, we just get her walking off the off the stage, like looking kind of flustered. Yeah, and then she's giggling and having a nice time exactly. while she's back with Charlotte. <laughs> she's like, yeah. "Oh no, that was intense! Like, I just got pulled up on stage and someone threw knives at me." They like did not say they knew what they were doing. <laughs> Let's invite them home for dinner. Yeah, yeah. I had a great time. Um, so I'm La- now turned on by that. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go talk to them. Lawrence then um, pontificates about fucking time and space, um, and then they they pull the trick from the prestige. Where Lawrence steps into they one fucking coffin. do right yeah they do the prestige before the prestige yeah. I was I, I mean, was actually impressed like, by that it's not like that the prestige invented that that trick like using using twins in a magic show is not is not new right but so but like Lawrence goes into one based around yeah, that trick. Yeah. yeah so Lawrence goes into a coffin and then instantly steps out of another coffin uh, on the other side of the stage when did you guys figure out there was two of them I'm just curious <laughs> oh I 100 percent knew that the, the man mask in the mask <laughs> yeah okay like they couldn't make that guy seem more like, like the it main just the exact yeah. double. Yeah. I wasn't sure whether or not the characters were twins or the actors were twins. Like whether the like I knew yeah. they were the same person, but I didn't know whether that was there like actual the twins. film trick yeah. from a production perspective or yeah. whether it was the story because in the story these guys are came out of the mouth of the thing, so yeah. they're probably magic, so they probably can just... I had that question yeah. in the back of my head too. And yeah. yeah, so I wasn't sure whether that was, yeah... Yeah. At that point, I wasn't sure whether it was production or story. Yeah, yeah I was like, m- my mind was split between like, oh, that's either the guy in the mask or they're actually magic. And I mean, they are actually magic, but like, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, are they? <laughs> it's a little Can, unclear. Are they? They why, come from look, magic. I didn't fucking make this movie. This is okay? entirely I'm your being, fault. T- I'm being spoken to like this movie <laughs> Did is my fault. You just say they didn't come from magic. <laughs> from magic. They did oh come from God. magic. Uh, Oliver smiles at Catherine and the crowd disperses and Gina wants to meet them uh, because she loves having knives thrown at her head. Also, how intrusive is this? Like, just, They just walk just backstage. Walk backstage. Like, yeah, no. Is, can I just say, I mean, she's that the lady is some ball of shit and that is shit my dad always does that I'm just like, oh my God, you're so just awkward. Like, this is way overstepping. You can't <laughs> do this. Uh, yeah, so Lawrence is kind of like broody, but he's performed for the nobility before. <laughs> um, uh, Gina wants to invite them to the castle to dinner. She's just so pre- very presumptive. Also, yeah, yeah. And then Catherine, yeah. this is the this is the scene where Catherine sees like Catherine's like, no, we can't do that because Martha and the it's like not fair for the staff. The and other blah, 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 staff member yeah, that's yeah. there, yeah, um, who gets name checked. He says a line, and she just goes, "Okay, yeah, come to the castle." Like yeah. there's, but there's no argument there's no like he doesn't convince her he doesn't woo her into letting them come to the castle she doesn't he doesn't even entrance her there's the no way dilemma. a magician could yeah. there's no convincing she just changes her mind because they need to come to the castle <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah. you don't even get like Guys, the impression I'm that she's sure that attracted this is a very well made movie no. <laughs> yeah no. thank also is like the rest of the circus in on the plan Yes. Well, what, well, then why, why did the, those other two people be like, get the, the fuck mo- out of here? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> would, they, would they have chased down the lady of the castle if they hadn't walked into the, behind the stage? Are they cursed too? <laughs> they seem to be pretty happy with their fucking existence. They play no role. Yeah. They play no role play except no role something really unsettling that we're about to get to. Yeah. So um, at dinner... The troop is very rowdy and Martha seems uh, displeased. 
Um, surely Martha knows who this dude is. 100%. So we Should have done something about it at that point. But we know from later in the film that Martha's like, Man, it movie, had to happen and movie, I couldn't let, I couldn't get out of the way. This movie made Kira so mad. Oh, bro. It should make everybody mad. If I had to watch this with Ellie. She would be she mad. She would be yeah. like, you're not doing that podcast. Like that's how fucking livid she would be over this movie. I know. Yeah. That's how everybody should feel. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Gina's making eyes at Lawrence. How are you going to navigate this one, man? How are you going to navigate this part of the film? I absolutely positively positively will. I have notes. Um, (laughs) So uh, Gina's making eyes at Lawrence who makes a speech. He proposes a toast to the lady of the castle. They make a toast to magic and magicians. There's a lot of like just kind of the, you know, they're rowdy and it's. um, They seem to really like toasts. They seem to really like toasts. But, of course, Mm. it's all a ruse because Lawrence uh, slips Phil a little pouch and um, as he pours everybody more wine, he slips powder from the pouch into the wine before pouring for Catherine and Gina. What does he slip in into the wine? It's like a powder. It's, there's a yeah, powder. but what, is, what does he do? He, he roofies them. He drugs them. Yeah, he drugs them. He yeah. fucking roofies them. Yep, absolutely. Um, Catherine doesn't want any more wine. Lawrence. Also, why did they fucking roofie him? They're magic. Like, I think it's probably magic powder. I like, don't think it's actual roofie. But like, yeah, yeah no, I get, I get that. These but what I'm saying these is like, like stash and quaaludes from the seventies. Yeah. But like, I, I, I mean, think we'll, that, I think that probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll get to this, but like, I think that probably is them magicking them. It's just like, that's how they do wouldn't it. Wouldn't this film be actually, better and like yes. less unsettling yes. if it was like a little bit of glamour yes. and a little bit of like yes. magic? If he was actually fucking charming, like vampire shit. If he was actually fucking yeah. charming. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, we they can, just drug them and yeah. and the drug both makes them forget and makes them do whatever the person Do they wants. forget? They seem to forget. No, they don't, they don't forget, but just don't deal with it. But I, let's, yeah. we're jumping ahead. So yeah. let, me, let me just talk. They fly gotta, straight through the repercussions of what happened yes, in this they scene. Yes, they do. Be- and I will talk a little bit about, about that. We, we yeah. will get to their conversation. Okay, because we need to talk about that. that. Yes, we will. Well, the, it is the conversation we are going to have. Okay. I'm not going to ignore the conversation. <laughs> I love the leader. Fuck, man. I feel like I'm being made the villain of this podcast. <laughs> you kind of are. Um, so anyway, so Lawrence wants to toast to, toast, toast to illusion, throws his cup into the air, and it you know just disappears because of editing. Um, yeah. See, that's really the kind of magic they should have been doing in the <laughs> show. Know, right? like, that was more impressive. That's impressive. impressive. Yeah. And at what point do you just go, a cup just disappeared from reality. This is real magic. Like there's some level of shit where you're like, no. Because yeah, that, no, really be, yeah, yeah. that can't really be sleight of hand. Yeah, it's, like <laughs> the, it's like the magic in those fucking terrible Now You See Me movies where yeah. it's like it's not even possible. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But like, it's just look, a CG effect in those movies. Even, even those, you're like, okay, I get how they're trying to make this a magician, but like this person literally just made something disappear from thin air. Yeah. Um, f- I suppose they've had a few drinks, so they might just think they missed the sleight of hand. Yeah, yeah true. Knows. Anyway, true. so he toasts to truth and she'll drink to that because of the plot. Um, the masked man leaves and then things get fucking rapey. Things get rapey so real So rapey, real so bad, rapey. bad, just bad. Fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, there's a shot where, um, a creepy mirror shot where Phil throws a jug and it shatters the mirror and Lawrence shatters into into two people, which is actually the only artful thing. <laughs> I was... I miss that because I was so yeah. And I don't want to I don't want to go through the through this blow by blow the way that we normally normally would because uh I don't want to upset anybody. I will say one thing. All I can say is 
what happens to our main female lead, that's fucked up. But what is assumed to happen to our female co-star to Gina, seems yeah. so much fucking worse and th- that is never addressed. Yeah. So... Yeah, it is never addressed. So basically, basically, um, Lawrence assaults, starts assaulting Gina. Catherine tries to stop her, and then Catherine is taken away by Lawrence to another room. Here's where I want to talk a little bit about about Charles Band's motivations for for making for making this movie, and the in the context, uh, not justifications, not justification, the context of what he is attempting to do, which I think, yes, he fails at miserably. I will make that very clear. I'm not on the side. Well, you think he's trying to do, but what he may not have been trying to do as well. So we don't want to just justify his actions as well. Are you basing this on what he said or what you think he's trying to do? I'm basing it a little bit on his said and a little bit of just historical knowledge, a little contextual knowledge for the time in which this movie movie was made. According to Charles, uh, this is is in his Paramount days. So this is where he is basically releasing a movie every three weeks. Yeah. So uh, every three weeks, there's a new full moon movie that comes out for home video. So he's like ridiculously overworked and overstressed. And what he says in his book is that he wanted to find three weeks to relax and make a personal picture. What was massive at the time um, were Harlequin novels. Which are? Which are romance novels. So they're like, they're like slightly soft corey yep. romance novels that often have super na- supernatural yeah. elements. They're, they're massive. They were a massive market. It's basically like the Fifty Shades of Grey before Fifty Shades of Grey existed. Yeah. Right. right. So it's it's like almost smut that. that, that, uh, that Lots of the use of the word turgid. Turgidity. Turgidity. Close to smut that is acceptable for uh, women to, re- to read. Yeah. Right. Massive in the in the women's market. Are you saying this movie was aimed at women? No, I'm not saying this movie is. is okay. I'm telling you, giving you the historical context for what was. Yeah. Big, no, it's just that if the book, if, if she is t- trying to do the books and the books are aimed at women, I was wondering whether this. Was I think maybe that was. There was an effort so too, is, but I don't think that's thing what it resulted. There is resulted. a thing in those books where sometimes those books, and this is a little bit of Fifty Shades of Grey, mm. where there is. Rape fantasy. There's power plays. There's yeah. power play and dynamic and rape fantasy. Yeah. And so that consensual is consensual non consent. Consensual non consent. That's what he's trying to do. Charles is saying something in the cultural zeitgeist and he is trying to do his version of it. Which is the what he thing, does with every film. Which is what he does with it's what he yeah. does with kind of with with Future Cop. The thing is, is that he doesn't know how to do it. Yeah, like he, he doesn't. Just, he he doesn't pull no, it off. He just makes terrible, terrible, cho- terrible choices. He is trying to make something that is romantic. He's trying to make a gothic, a gothic romance. He's trying to make, he's trying to make the gothic romance Harlequin version of, you know the, of Beauty and the Beast, and it's fucking, it's completely miscalculated. Dude, you it's know what horrendous. this film feels like? It feels like they filmed it in order, and they probably did. And they got to this scene and it feels like to me, maybe it's just how I felt after this, these scenes, but it felt like they tried this scene. It didn't come together. They weren't going to stop making the movie. So they just put less effort into the rest of the film. I think that there is a, there is this scene taints it. I have things I have some stuff that I was going to kind of talk about later, but I have a, a theory on why the movie is really bad. Aside from the fact that there is, uh, extremely problematic rapey, yeah. rapey elements to it. Even bes- even taking that out of the out of the equation, I think that he had an idea. I don't think he had a story. 
Yeah. And those are two different those are two different things. So I think that he wanted to do horny beauty and the beast. Yeah. Right? That's basically what he wanted to do. And but that's it. That's the end of his ideas for it. It's not like Future Cop where he's like, let's kitchen sink every idea that I've ever yeah. had about science fiction into it and have a great time. It's he's got one idea. And we'll fill the gaps. And we'll just figure that we'll just figure the rest out. And the movie Here's the thing. The movie is bad. Beauty and the Beast has its issues, but there are plenty of scenes where Belle and the Beast get along and talk and fall in love. And that does not exist in this dojo. There's not even – she barely talks to this guy. The only kind of conversations happen after she's supposedly already in love with him. Yeah. And this scene is ridiculously problematic because she's pushing away and then not anymore as yeah. though to say this is okay because now she's consenting. It's like, no, it's fucking not. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. You can't drug someone and then anything that they do after they're drugged is not consent. Yeah. No, absolutely not. And this movie does not know that at all. Yeah. No, not even a little bit. And doesn't even try to explain why she might feel that way. Because it's all atmosphere. Mm. Because he's trying to create the he's trying to create the live action atmosphere of a Harlequin novel. Yeah. Because he's not the thing about a book, though, is that you get to be inside the head. Not that yeah. I've read any of these kinds of books, yeah, but, but you do get to you get, you, in any book. You get to be in this in the head of the person, they, so yeah, they, can, they can spend five pages on the internal monologue, and they can talk about their their it themselves. And yeah. then, but you can't do that in a movie unless you can do a weird voiceover. That's yeah. the that's the problem with 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 the movie is that the movie is the Charles is trying to evoke something, and he is trying to do a particular thing in a form. They're where it just is never going to work. It is always going to fail. This movie it is might very have made atmos- more sense. The movie is very worked. atmospheric. It could like, have worked, but the, it it went it, instead of being a kink or a fantasy, it it became problematic. Even if it was exactly as it is, but you just switched the characters because the other her friend liked him. Yeah. yeah. Before she was drugged. Yeah. He was she was the one making eyes at him. There's she a, was the one that actually seemed to then, like him. Even then, it's still like, bad, but at least yeah. but at least then there's a like a a, a seed of something before anything and she's bad happens. Wrestling with that desire that she had and what Whereas happened. Sher- like, Cheryl yeah, and Fenn yeah. didn't even want to go to the circus. Yeah. Completely she disinterested. She didn't want in, to bring them back. She didn't want to toast. She didn't want another drink. And yeah, she then wanted to a, end the party. She was she completely to, disinterested yeah. with yeah. him and Whereas killed if you, I think if the race. I think they really should have just switched those characters if that was what he was going for. I think have the, the beast, reason- have the beast when the brother like gets her all ready for him, have the beast go, no. Yeah. There is, a, there is a version of like the go in is, and I be gentle that, and then leave. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the thing is, is that they, I think that all three of us can can imagine a movie, a version of this movie that that works. Yeah, hundred percent. That is, that is infinitely even more interesting than than anything that happens in this movie. So she meets that she meets this guy. She doesn't really like it. Take all the the fucking the rape drug stuff at, completely out completely out of it. She has a very short passionate relationship with this guy. Who Tyler Durden's him? Mm. Her. Yeah. So uh, which is weird in nice. itself. So There's no reason they don't just he's say nice. he's my twin. He's not nice. Mm. Like you could do, you could set up a movie where she visits, she goes and yeah. visits him, and and he's mean to her, and she's like fuck you, and then she sees him later, and he's not, and he's lovely to her. Yeah. And then yeah, and then you can have a sex scene that gets real weird with a bit with a beast, right? Because like, like there because is that yeah. eternal a, a relationship. Yeah. That's the thing is that there is no relationship between it's these two characters not. at all until the end when she's like, I do love because you. 
Charles, 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 because Charles only has one idea, which is horny Beauty and the Beast. It's going to be really gothic and romantic and and atmospheric, and he has no idea how to do how to do that. Because it's not romantic. Mm. It's it's fucking awful. It's I have, really awful. I have dead set watched porn that is less horny than this film. <laughs> yeah. We need to keep moving through it. What does Sherilyn Fenn this. think of this movie? Do we I know? Would, I don't really know. I'm Sherilyn Fenn did lots of she did other movies that are just where she's just as even more naked than she is in this movie. It's not she's about the a, nakedness. She's in a movie she's in a movie directed by David Lynch's daughter Jenna, uh, Jennifer Lynch uh, called Boxing Helena where she's naked for the whole movie being uh, having parts of her cut off. It's okay. like a, it's a weird David Lynch's daughter made a made a movie. It's a mm-hmm. weird psychosexual movie about about. But psychosexual has its place. Yeah, yeah, I, and that's different to it's this different. kind of thing. It's different. Yeah, I'm just curious. There's two so, things I'm going to say about this: is could have really done without the undressing part. Could have really done without the bestiality, like aggressive bestiality, like yeah. So oof. so. <laughs> Yeah, so basically the way that the scene kind of lays, plays out is that, yes, um, they do this thing where she's pushing him away and then she pulls him towards and then he leaves the room, goes talk to the man in the mask. The man in the mask comes in and he is he's the twin. exact same man. It's his yeah. twin. Uh, we will later learn that his name, is, his name is Oliver. He's the good one. Oh, they have names. Lawrence and Oliver. Yeah, they I didn't ref- pick up on that. They refer no. to each other as Fuck names. No. Um, he's the good one, and he's gentle with her, right? Uh, even though, like, whatever the fuck that means. And then Lawrence returns to Gina, where um, and they do an intercut of everybody having sex, and then Oliver dissolves into a beast, cre- a beast creature. Uh, yeah, during as much as like I don't want to talk about the scene for any longer than we absolutely have to. It's a when, way too long, too. When this was happening, when he when he was turning into the beast because she was drugged, I wasn't sure whether he had been the beast the whole time from when he re-entered and she just right. didn't because yeah, she's drugged like didn't or not see yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like whether it was that's what the drug did. I think did, he turned whilst having sex. Yeah, no, I know that from having watched the rest of the movie. Yeah, but yeah. at the time of this scene, I thought that that was what they were trying to do. Was that like the first guy goes in, she thinks it's him, and then this wolf comes in, and she doesn't because she's drugged. She still yeah. sees the other guy. Yeah. yeah, I thought that that was what the point of the drugging and stuff was. Yeah, that would almost it justify it, but it's it not the case. It wouldn't justify it, but it would, it would, it would, it would give it a plot reason, which yeah. makes it wor- makes yes. it work. Yeah, so yeah. that's work the plot reason I put work. in my other my head yeah. came up with during that scene. Yeah. But then obviously later you realize no, that's actually yeah. not what happened. So but. I have a I I'm wondering if one of Charles's other inspirations was the fact that there was a Beauty and the Beast TV show on air during this period of time. There was. It was a modern take on Beauty and the Beast set in a city in the 80s. They've done that twice. <laughs> Go on. The Yeah, the second time is a remake of the first show. Ah. It's It ran from 1987 to 1990. This movie was made in 1990. Okay. Right? It stars Linda Hamilton from Terminator, Sarah right. Connor. This movie was made in 1990? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what the fuck? And Ron Perlman. Hellboy <laughs> as the beast. Linda Hamilton's name in the show? Catherine. <laughs> ah. Now, that is the name of the woman in the true story that inspired the fairy tale of Beauty and the Beast. Right. Okay. So mm-hmm. uh, that could be a coincidence, but knowing Charles Band, I feel like it's probably not a coincidence. Yeah. I feel like he saw that TV, that TV show was a big hit. 
at least for its first season. It was a massive hit in its first season and the second and third season kind of dropped off. So I feel like that's where this 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 idea yeah, kind of came from. as opposed to just from. the Disney film. Well, the Disney film doesn't exist yet. Doesn't it? Oh, right. That Disney okay. movie is from the, from, the, from the later in the 90s. Huh. I can't imagine a time in our lives where Disney films weren't just yeah, always present. Yeah, I just present. thought that they were already there. That is an interesting thing I didn't know, Ken. Yes. Well, Actually, that did that just why? break your world a little bit? A little bit, except for it just occurred to me that I did go see that at the movies. Yeah. And that's how, <laughs> movies, do. And that's how movies come out. Yeah. yeah. Hectic. Um, Wait, was... Lion King must have been made in our lifetime. Yeah, Lion King's yeah. after that. That's wild. So, so my, so my, <laughs> oh my god, I'm so dumb. My relationship with Disney movies is I tapped out after Aladdin, which is before Beauty and the Beast and, Lion, and, Lion, and Lion King. Because you were older. Because I was because I was older. Right. So wow. Aladdin was the last. That's why Disney you movie like Aladdin. And you don't like Lion King. Yes, because Disney, How do you Aladdin was like the that last. Because he was older. I was older. You're soulless. I don't have the nostalgia for it. Because he was a teenager. But it's a masterpiece. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, so yes, there is a real story of a, a noble woman who married uh, a man that had been brought to the court uh, as a sideshow, who had a, a a condition that caused him to grow uh, very thick hair all over all over his over his body, and that's the inspiration for the fairy tale Beauty and the Beast. So that's a true story. It's a true story, but it's then was the inspiration for a French a French book. That has then also been rewritten. It's a fairy tale, so it got rewritten a bunch of times yeah. and different translations and things, and then eventually became the movie that you that you have right. seen. But the TV show came before the, the movie. The TV, TV show is from bef- from before. Wow. The movie. Um, and I have to talk about the beast costume in this movie. Okay, go right ahead. You can do that. And how this particular design came to be in the, mo- in it, the, in the movie. It wasn't terrible. It's not terrible. It's pretty good. It's pretty good for Charles Band. Yeah. Right? There's a reason for that. Like it's I would from say, something else, isn't it? Can I just say, I it's would somebody say else's it's costume, better, and he borrowed it <laughs> for, for the audience. It's better than the underworld werewolves. <laughs> well, they they're visual effects. They're CGI. No, but some they're like actual costumes, and you can In tell. The first movie, yeah, a little bit, but mostly they're visual. Yeah, they're visual yeah, yeah, effects. Yeah, yeah. But, but I still love it. I don't care. A I bad love costume. Underworld. Bad <laughs> costume for me is better than. Yeah, it's same. Than, it does not ruin ruin it at all. Um, so the the beast costume was designed by Greg Canham, who's a makeup effects legend and has worked on too many movies for me to even mention. Definitely worked on at least one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Uh, awesome. You can just Yahoo him if you want to know more about him. Did um, he just want an Italian trip for free? Oh my god! What will you guys stop fucking stepping on my? Oh story? my god! I'm a fucking genius. Early on in his career, he did some work for Charles Band, but by 1990, he had moved on to bigger and better things. Charles needs a monster for his movie, so he calls up his old friend Greg. And, of course, Charlie doesn't have any money. <laughs> but Greg agrees to help Charlie out if he can stay at the castle. <laughs> Fuck yes. While, while he worked on the movie. No wonder we only see three can rooms. I a, can I have a three-week vacation? And, uh, yeah, I can help you out. So Charlie agreed, and Greg told Charlie that he had just the thing for the beast in his movie. He had just worked on a movie, another movie, where there was a brief scene of a wolf cre- of a wolf creature, and they had wrapped that that costume. Um, and Greg told Charlie that he could steal the costume, uh, change it enough by re- by dyeing it and re-sculpting the face um, that nobody would nobody would ever know. Do you guys want to guess what movie? I do. I will, I will say that this movie has been mentioned before on the podcast, and that Brody was a fan of it. Go on. Or Brody wanted to rewatch it for the podcast. 
Oh no. I don't um, know. Movie movie where a character is a turns into a wolf man. Is it wolf man? No. <laughs> uh, I, I'm drawing a In blank. In one brief scene. There's also a similar sex scene where the beast has sex with a woman. Now I fucking oh, I can picture it. I'm not gonna get it. Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, Dracula! That's right. That's that is the exact same wolf suit. Yeah, Gary Oldman turns into a wolf at a certain point. Yeah. He also turns into a giant bat. Like, that movie has lots of very fleeting Dracula effects. Okay. And there is a sequence where... I do not remember the there wolf. There is a sequence... Yeah, so he very briefly turns into a wolf and has sex with uh, Mina Harker's best friend, whose name I can't remember right now. It's right before... Lucy. It's right, it has sex with Lucy, but it's right before Lucy dies. Can I just say, um, how good is it that now when we watch that, because, yeah. like, we've already seen this, yep. like, it's going to be fucking great. Also, <laughs> Meridian came out a year before Dracula. Shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> of the quick turnaround of Charles Band. Oh, my God. Charles apologizes to Francis in his memoir. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and this is the fact that gave me chills. Ooh. That's the fact oh, that, that. that the beast thing. When I found out that, because I love that Dracula movie. Yeah. That, that movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. So to find out that it's so the same So to find out that it's the same beast costume. Because the the thing that, one of the things I love about Dracula is the image is the imagery, right? Yeah. The imagery is just insane. It's sucking my brain. And it's something that, it's something that sticks in my, that I think about, like those images pop into my head all the time. And somewhere in my brain, my uh, brain must have known that those two these two movies were were related they both have scenes that are visually visually sim, visually similar and so that's it, why. so it, I was just like oh my god like there was a connection made in my in my brain that had not previously existed you know the funny thing is you thought this was like a fever dream that you had seen one night yeah. for years. That was me with Dracula for years. Yeah. 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 I was allowed to stay up yeah. late tonight so, and saw it. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I kind of hedged on my opinion of this movie for, for a long time because I wanted you guys to just be able to do, say your stuff without, without being influenced by me. And what I will say to you is that, yeah, it's a fucking terrible movie. It's not a good movie. I, it, can't, sitting it here, has can't, moments of like, this is fine. Here, but, for, but for me, as a ex-year-old boy watching this movie without the uh, adult supervision Mm. that would have been that I should have had to explain to me why what what I was seeing was very, very wrong. The imagery of the movie was so evocative to to, to me that it was – Intoxicate. The movie was in, was intoxicating. My memory of watching this movie when I was, was a small boy was seeing something. And you was watching something I shouldn't be watching. I absolutely positively knew that I was watching a movie that I should not be watching. That makes it better. And it was intoxicating. And it had fucking Cheryl and Fenn in it. Now, having said that, as I've already stated, sitting here right now, I know that that is that everything that's in this movie is incredibly wrong. And I see that, and the movie is absolutely a piece, movie is a piece of shit. I like Brody was very concerned for Baby Kim watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think that I, the what I would say to you thing, is that I had yeah. no adult supervision watching yes. this movie. If your father had shown you this movie when you were, I'm guessing, ten, it, it would be, I yeah. would. I 100% knew that that's how you found this yeah. movie. Yeah, I yeah. think you because had actually already told us that. Because um, the funny thing is, is like I've had the exact same experience. I've definitely seen some things that like were questionable in a film and like 
should probably have been explained, but like I've had the exact same yeah. thing where it's like I'm watching this and I should probably not I think we, we, I mean, we talked as much as I am. We talked about the fact that Wraith is one of my favourite movies and that the problematic elements never, ever, ever um, kind of dawned on dawned on me yeah. until I was an adult watching that movie. Yeah. So I was an adult so watching that So here's movie. the thing with Kean <laughs> that has saved him from turning into an asshole, which he could have from watching some of this stuff and it, it influencing <laughs> his brain. Yeah. Is that he grew up around some very strong women? Yeah, he had the he. If you ever you've met his cousins, his cousins yeah. and his sister held him to account and taught him how to treat women and taught him how to respect women. And his mother is the same; she's much softer than his cousins, but he she also has raised him him very well. That is very lucky. <laughs> very important, yeah. And very and important should, and because someone else growing up with maybe a male-dominated 80s experience may have been more adversely Thank affected. Thank you for putting 80s on that because yeah. I definitely grew up in that realm Yeah, and I definitely, like you guys know, that I'm very much a fucking jock in my yeah. sensibilities and but I think, yeah, because it's, it wasn't it's the 80s, I definitely knew that this yeah. was wrong. Yeah, we, I've and, and different. By the time we were growing up, there was more conversation about exactly. these kinds of yeah. things. That's something that I think <laughs> we really appreciate in this culture, someone to tell you you're a fucking idiot. And to tell you when you're wrong and to tell yeah. you the right way to do things. But, yeah. yeah I like think you that, guys with me. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And I have talked a lot about – I've talked obviously a lot about my about my father's influence because because that's all we did was watch movies. But also – but but obviously I was I was raised by a, a strong sing, – mostly single mother. I have a, I have a stepfather that, that came into the picture a little bit later. Um, but my mum has also been a massive influence on me in terms of – in terms of who I am as who I am as a person, even more so because she was the one that that actually raised me. My father didn't raise me. My father saw me every Sunday, and we watched movies together. Yeah, and that is obviously like infected my brain, right? Yeah. It made me made me who I who I am. But it is my mother that my mother that raised me. And one of the reasons that I credit, I always say the story that I always tell is the reason that I am a creative person, the reason that I am a storyteller, a writer who has any ideas at all, is because my mother used to read to me every single every single night. Yeah, like that spark of imagination of storytelling comes from my mother reading to me every night much older than most kids get read to like I was still being read to every night when I was like eight nine years old nine years old not just you know when you're like five or six to put you to put you to bed yeah so so that I feel like that's also an important part of my part of my story that we've probably been I probably have lacked to fill in in terms of in terms of the thing and I thank you for, for Kira for, for bringing that up because it is something I have wanted to talk about and you gave me a way to talk give me yeah. a way to talk about it funny that combination of movie appreciation with Storytelling, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. We need to continue to yeah. talk about the movie. And so the next day, Catherine wakes up uh, naked in her bed. She tells Martha that something terrible happened. Martha doesn't seem that concerned. Um, yeah, she seems a little concerned, but mostly just concerned about the fact she doesn't like because she says she doesn't remember really or, remember what happened. Yeah, yeah which I, I mean, that's when you're drugged and stuff. That, yeah, that, that can but happen. But that seems like that's what she's concerned about loss. rather than being concerned that yeah. something happened. Yeah. I think it's more of a case of like I feel like Martha knew that she remembered, but she might not know what was going on. Which yeah. we find out Martha does know everything that's going on. Yeah. yeah. So um, she looks down into the courtyard, and the sideshow is gone. Um, Gina comes in and is leaving. She apologizes. 
Um, and yeah, neither of them really remember what happened. This, she does um, suggest going to the police. She yeah. suggests going to the police and then Catherine says they can't and there is no follow-up. Yeah. And There's no reason. no reason whatsoever. It's literally because plot. plot. Because yeah. we're telling a story and if I we got like the cops involved, this is a very different movie. I feel like if you're not going to have a reason for not seeing the cops, then just don't have her suggest it. Or have a scene <laughs> where she goes to the police and the police don't believe her. Yeah. Or she takes to the police where the sideshow was and the sideshow is gone. Yeah. The police say they can't do so anything. So many easy ways. Yeah. But because the movie, I think that this movie is very limited by the fact that they just shot in a castle and a park near the castle. Yeah. It doesn't have scenes outside of the castle really yeah. it doesn't have scenes the where like a piece of plot like that could happen that's why i reckon they could just lose the line yeah like, just don't bring yeah, it up fully lose but, it. but like so that's uh, that feels like to me like charles is a director going going well wouldn't they just go to, or somebody said to him why wouldn't they just go to the cops and so he addresses it in the movie <laughs> so that he's addressing it for the audience but he also just hand waves it away yeah. because he knows that he's not going to go shoot a scene where she goes and talks to the cops yeah this yeah. is also a really fucked part of the movie for me and I know that we've been going in on it pretty hard <laughs> we haven't even got to the ghosts yet yeah I know <laughs> But um, this this part of the movie is really fucked because it's an interaction essentially of, and I know we've already been to it, but it's essentially people who have, this is brutal to say out loud, two victims of rape yes. talking to each other the morning after. And also just not addressing it in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And the way that our co-star, what's her name? Gina. Gina goes, yeah, we should do something, but I've got to get back. And like she has to get back to her life. Like it found yeah. it, it found me feeling like really eerily disgusted because like that is a fucking real thing that would actually happen. Yeah, mm. yeah. And the wow. reason that Gina needs to leave is so that she can go reveal the painting. Yeah, true. <laughs> Gina is is yeah. Because everything else of, about her is funny, but that that was unsettling. Oh, for there's me. something funny about her at the end. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's let's bring the mood up a little bit now that we're yeah. past this scene. So, I mean, and this is where the movie kind of starts to, to you know, like obviously at this point the plot has kicked, plot has kicked in, and yeah. the, things start to get a little bit kind of even sillier than they have already been. Um, uh, Catherine's sculpting a bust and hears some spooky noises. She literally hears like ooze and ass. Is yeah. the, the head that she's creating? Yes, it's, it's meant him. to be him. It's it, by the end of the she does she does it over like three different scenes. And yeah. In the last scene, it's meant to be him. Doesn't right. really look like him because <laughs> whoever did it actually did the sculpting. Yeah. Probably not very good. But um, so she goes looking around the castle, following the following the the sounds. We do get some nice shots of how big the castle is. Like the castle's fucking massive. There's this long shot of um with there's just doorways that just go on forever. It's definitely the plus side of, of filming in a real castle rather than yeah, doing it on soundstage. And that's what they do. Like it's instant production value. Yeah. Um, she goes into a dusty old bedroom in the North Wing. We'll find out it's the North Wing later, where there's a dead woman in a white dress on on a bed, and uh, she runs to find Martha, who's like, "There's the North Wing has been closed for years." And of course, when they go back, there's no there's no there's no woman there. Um, Catherine describes the woman, and Martha says, "That's why your father took you away because you saw that girl." <laughs> I'd be like. Okay, you need to explain this. We're gonna go. Sit, we're gonna go. Sit, we're gonna go make tea. We're gonna sit down and we're gonna yeah. talk about this right fucking. But now. then, but no, she also kind of goes on like, "Oh yes, I remember." Well, it's a ghost. It's a ghost story. Everybody, everybody, all old castles. But they have, they have, have their cake stories. and eat it too. Like she seems to remember this white girl and goes, "Oh yes, I, I know. That's why father took me away." But also, 
I have no idea what you're talking well, about. Catherine, she kind of doesn't. She doesn't really acknowledge the fact that she's just been told that she used to see this ghost as a little child. She never goes, oh, yeah, I remember that. She no, she doesn't, but she she she's moves kind of ahead. It. Yeah, yeah, because the movie just needs it to move ahead, yeah. even though it has nowhere to move to. Yeah, true. Right? Um, and then we get to a scene in the Yeah, mo- they repeat this shit with this white this is my- dress woman so much <laughs> where they could have just dived into it. Explain the movie it. is... Structurally very repetitive. We get a lot of we got a lot of the not just the same scene and the same information. We get a lot of the same structure. Catherine sculpting in here's a noise. Oh my god, we yeah, do because that's all Charles has. He does it three different times. He does it? Yeah, it's the all, exact same scene, just different does. ways. Because he doesn't have a story. He has an idea, but not even anything more is revealed. No, nothing. What the fuck? <laughs> that just broke my brain yeah. again. So this—that's th- the thing about this movie—is that—is that it. It doesn't have story to reveal. <laughs> That's the thing about this movie. There's no movie it in it. It doesn't have story to reveal. So everybody, um, everything is talked around and obscure and people deliver one line of dialogue and then never explain it. And then later it's all brought together. It's all brought together really badly. Also, where are her parents? Well, her like, parents I know are, that she's older. So but- in the, in the, um, on the back of the box and in the trailer for the movie, her father has just died. Yeah, that's so not, that didn't happen, happen in the movie. Not happen it doesn't in the happen movie. in the movie. <laughs> and her mother? We don't know. We never even. There's never even a mention of her of her mother. I think they say parents at one point. Yeah. <laughs> so her father took her away. The idea is that her father has passed away and she's returned to the castle in which she grew in, in which she grew up to be an artist. To be an artist. I was so confused yeah, at one point. I thought the woman in the white dress was her mother, and I was like, "Wait, oh, so her mother was with the beast as well?" The way, I thought it was going stuff about who's who. The the girl in the white dress. I thought at first I thought it was her mother, and then I thought it was going to be that Martha was ghost and she was the she's the girl in the yeah. white dress. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Even that would have been a better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in the no, movie, it was I, your auntie I did that, that thing you never met. I did that thing that you always do. I came up with a better movie in my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the monster park, Catherine just runs into Oliver um, and he says, oh, I'm sorry for the rape. I wanted to apologize. I know what we did was unforgivable, but when I saw you from the stage, I seemed helpless. I want you to leave. Please. Please. Try to understand. This feeling is so powerful. Oh <laughs> yes, I forgot about that scene. And pleads that pleads that um he wants her to, oh. to understand. And yeah. pleads that when they made love it was real. And <laughs> she, she's she like, go away. Just, just, she does tell him to go to go away. Um, we get our first scene of Gina back in town uncovering the painting, and of course, the very first thing that she uncovers is a castle. It yeah. looks surprisingly similar to the castle that we've been spending a lot of time in. Yeah. Uh, back in the park, uh, Phil cracks his whip at Oliver and makes fun of his sadness. Uh, <laughs> and we get the, our first scene with the, with well, not our first real scene with the two of them interacting. We have seen them together before, but um, they bicker with each other. Uh, Oliver thinks Catherine is the one. The one what? Um, and then there's a lot of vague dialogue. There's all this twisty, turny dialogue that's meant to be clever about, oh, I, I, uh, I love you, brother. Oh, but I only love you as much as I hate, hate you. And, oh, your hate means that you love me. Like, it's all just, it's all just a lot of, uh, a lot of bullshit, a lot of nonsense. Oh to my get God. to how it ends. To get to the ending. Yeah. Um, Catherine's throwing herself into her heart. 
uh, by working on her sculpting. And she sees the woman. The woman just walks into the room. Yeah, <laughs> what's up? How you doing? They're and then, casual old best friends now. And then, and then she follows her back into the through the castle, trying to ask the ghost what she wants. And then back in the north wing, uh, a giant crack opens in a wall and it turns into a doorway. Ghostbusters fridge opens up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a lot of backlight and smoke, and out of the door comes the beast. Carrying the the woman in uh, the ghost woman in the white dress and laying her onto the bed, and as they dissolve away, Catherine collapses and goes unconscious for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that scene made no sense. <laughs> that scene made no sense. <laughs> this oh. movie made no sense, but that scene made no sense. <laughs> um, fucking none. She wakes up. Um, but wait, she sees an arrow in the beast, right? That no, no, no. That in doesn't happen. That hasn't happened yet. Oh, okay. She the, the um different version of the different same version scene. of yeah. the same scene. Yeah, completely different. Version <laughs> of the yeah. Same scene. No. Um, she wakes up to Martha um, and one of the Italian workers leaning over her. Because there uh, are other workers in this castle. There are other <laughs> workers in this castle. Which, given what we know, is. That's weird, right? Well. And also lots of people can see Martha. And, like, she can physically interact with fucking everything. Yeah, the movie cheats like a motherfucker Everyone. about whether or not Like, she's, Gina she's, definitely she's hugs Martha at one point. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, Martha, the, movie, the movie makes no the, effort whatsoever. Is it possible that the movie didn't know that she was a no, ghost uh, later? No, no, no. no. Uh, and, like, if they made that order, decision maybe, later? Yeah, maybe they were like, oh, what if you're a ghost? Seriously, yeah. though. So Martha's a ghost and... And people know that she's dead. So is the other person working there also a ghost that's just hanging with Martha because they need someone who well, can yeah, do things? Yeah, let's talk about that like later. We'll talk when about we it more at the, re- at the reveal. <sighs> but yeah. Um, uh, she tells Martha what she saw and Martha admits that she's seen the girl in the white dress as, w- as well. In it the- seems like she was standing in Martha's place in the dream uh, because don't. the beast looks up and realizes and looks at someone, doesn't he? Well, it looks at Catherine. Yeah, and then that's why she turns to Martha and but goes, vision, oh, did you see it, it as well? It's not. Who knows? Never uh, okay. doesn't matter. In the kitchen, Martha um, blackmails Catherine um, with food. <laughs> she wants her to eat, basically, and she'll tell her the story. So the ghost girl is Catherine's father's sister. That would make her her aunt. Nobody says the word aunt in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Audrey, which is kind of amusing because of Audrey Horn, a uh, mm. character Sherilyn Finn pl- would go on to play in Twin Peaks. She was special. The same thing happened to her. She went to see a sideshow and the magician in the show became obsessed with her. It was a tawdry show and uh, Audrey was only 15. And then Catherine asks, was he respectful Fuck, or rude? I about that. <laughs> was he the good twin or the bad twin? She doesn't know that he's twins yet. Yeah. Um, they may as well have just gone full darkest timeline and put a fucking goatee on him. Yeah, yeah. fully. To just to turn him into evil Spock <laughs> or evil Arbed, yeah. If that's your flavor of um of evil people with goatees. But can mm-hmm. I just say, does this mean that this fucking beast has fallen in love with every yes. lady of the fucking yes. castle? Yes. Yes. How fucking little does he feel about love? Yeah. How many fucking times has he slept with the women of the castle yes. and just been like, "I'm in love," like. All right, buddy. Maybe yep. fucking go to your next fucking frat house because yep. that's how you feel about love. Yep. <laughs> Audrey was found murdered and a shock horror. It was the same traveling show, Favre's World of, World of Wonders. They hid the ghost girl from Catherine and closed up the North Wing because she was the next lady of the castle. Um, Gina, with her explainer painting, uh, finds 
a base figure with a painting. A base figure with a crossbow. This is where they sell the shot from earlier. It's the exact same shot. Yeah. Um, and then Catherine goes back to the fucking North Wing. This is just just repeating, just backwards and forwards. Um, she goes back to the North Wing, pulls a sheet off a mirror, and then a dresser. She finds an old jewelry box, and then a Renaissance style red dress in a trunk. Oliver is just there magically. Um, to tell her that there's a bond between them. Uh, he's coming on way too strong. So strong. Way too strong. You know what strong. would have made sense? For him like to wait three days and then magically appear in the closed north wing? Ma- <laughs> yeah. But you know what would have made a little bit of sense for Gina? Like have Gina like call her and be like, I'm finding some weird things on this painting. And then like they discover for, it's the for, painting for, from for, the castle. For anybody to talk to anybody else and for there to be plot. For her to go, for her to leave the castle and go to an art gallery and learn about the history of the castle and and herself through. That would the, at least build like, intrigue for her character going, I mean, oh, like, maybe I movie, do have feelings for the this The movie person. is completely hums. Devoid of it. Take take the problematic elements out of the equation and just and just talk about the storytelling it's completely hamstrung by the fact that we are only ever in this fucking castle and this park it's because bizarre, they hey. can't because they can't do anything else it's, they it, can't tell the story yeah. in a more interesting way because they're stuck in this fucking castle. You can have people talk to each other, though. It's like but, they but can talk no to other, each other in the castle. there's no other characters. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of a young film student's first film. Because it's not, they get it's a like set. It's like his 200 but movie. They, you know how a young film student like gets a set in like one other location and then like yeah. everything revolves well, around there and anything that takes them outside just, of that, oh, no, there's a reason why we can't do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything everywhere all at once is set in two fucking locations. It's, and it's and for amazing. real, amazing, yeah, amazing, amazing film. <laughs> it's about it's about who you are as a creative as a creative person. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, let's keep plowing through <laughs> the storyline. Where the storyline, the scene where um Martha is to, is explaining everything. Is that when she says superstition leads to adultery? Uh, no, that's line. In, that is a you misheard the line, and it's later. Okay. What's the actual line? I'll tell you when we okay. get to the scene. <laughs> um, so Catherine says that she'll yell for the she'll yell for the servants. Yeah, to Lawrence, and it's um, yeah. We find out that it's Lawrence, not Oliver, that she's talking to. Yeah, um, and he says because he gets aggressive. Yeah, he says that that Audrey yelled for the servants and they didn't and they didn't help her. Thick um, walls and thick doors. Yeah, that was fucking yeah. creepy. So Lawrence then hits her and tries to get her get her onto the bed, um, but then the beast. Oliver attacks him um, and choking the beast choking Lawrence seems to hurt both of them uh, so he lets go and Lawrence just runs away and then the beast wakes Catherine but she freaks freaks out he unties her because because Lawrence had tied her to the bed mm. um, and then just goes back through the through the wall yeah the, that's the, the only wall. bit of like relationship building we actually yeah. get. Yeah, so the only time he actually does anything <laughs> that's the, helpful to well, her. Well, the beast is fucking useless. We yeah. can talk about a little bit about some stuff that happens This happens later. So Catherine runs to, to Martha's room and everything is covered up and dusty, which mm. is the first hint that Martha is a ghost. When did you guys figure out that Martha was a, was a ghost? Was this it? Because <laughs> I, I, mean, I remembered when she touched the dust on the... That when, was, she, when did that happen? I don't remember right this after happening. This, after the scene, she goes to Martha's room to find her to talk to her, and when she goes into the room, everything is covered up in white sheets. Uh, and there's a dresser, and she touches the dresser, and it's covered in dust. And then Martha, I comes, totally miss that. And then Martha is behind is behind her. 
yeah, I might have been making when, a note or something. That's when I, I was like, okay, so that's going to – I knew that there was going to be a twist with Martha. I yeah. even have it in my notes. Twist with um, Martha. Twist I, with Martha. I, I didn't like, pick it up. Like in Batman. This oh. That's <laughs> the same mother's name. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Then, um, uh, but, yeah, that scene where her room's dusty is like, okay, well, then this person is dead. Funnily enough, I didn't see her being a ghost at all until it was fully revealed. <laughs> but <laughs> my reaction but was also, oh, <laughs> fucking kidding. Yeah. Like, why? Uh, Gina still working uncovers a woman in a red dress, and ADR lets us know that it's meant to be Catherine. <laughs> There's an ADR line. It's like, oh, good pickup. Um, it also uncovers a man that looks like Lawrence slash Oliver. And then we come to uh, Catherine in a white dress making love to the beast. Still not okay. Still not okay. Uh, loss of dissolves. Again, it's trying to be sexy, it's trying to be a gothic, ro- gothic romance. Yeah. The beast screams and Catherine sees that there's the fletch of a crossbow bolt in her stomach and then she wakes up. Martha the explainer is there to tell her it's all just a dream. (laughs) Yeah. Because the next scene... Yeah. So did he incept her? (laughs) Well, in the monster park, in the other location that we have, Oliver has a, a crossbow bolt in him. Yeah. And Lawrence is monologuing. He's Scottish again for some reason. Um, <laughs> only someone who loves you can kill the beast and and uh, he doesn't love himself. Did he shoot himself with a crossbow? Yes. That would be hard to do. That physically <laughs> hard to do. Yeah. Did he use his feet? But also, like, why is, like, that tied with the dream? Yeah. Did, like, did he shoot her in his mind so he incepted the dream into her? Like, it what is their connection here? Nobody knows. Just do it. <laughs> it was just fucking bizarre. Stuff. I did like the little repartee, though, where he was like, you clearly don't love yourself enough. And it's like, what about you, brother? You must love me. I like that little bit. And he's like, I'm not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Only someone who loves you can kill the beast. And you obviously do not love yourself. You love others too much. And you blame yourself for all the ills and evils that others around you create. And you kill me. I know you love me. We're brothers. Yes, but I also detest you. You hate that part of yourself which keeps you from love. I could kill you. But I would only free you. And so I will let you live. Because I love you. Yeah, <laughs> There's a lot of, again, they're trying to be clever with the dialogue yeah. and there's all this love-hate inversion stuff yeah. and, and it's just not very good. And, uh, and and Oliver says to him, Lawrence, you're the beast, Yeah, right? Which will become important later. Yeah. Um, they're both as bad as each other. The other movie that I that it made me think of at this point, and this is really just a fleeting thought through my head, is the movie Lady Hawk. Either, you've seen Lady. I've seen yeah, it. you've seen Lady Hawk. Why do I know it's a that film? movie? Michelle Pfeiffer, um, Matthew Broderick. Uh, I it's feel like 80s, I've seen it's it. It's an eighties fantasy fantasy movie where um, Rooker Howe and Michelle Pfeiffer are a knight and a lady who are in love with each other, but during the day she is a hawk and during the night he is a he's a wolf. And so I they feel can only, yeah. So they only ever get to look into each other's eyes for a few moments at sunset and sunrise. Yeah. It's a fucking, it's a Richard Donner movie. He directed Goonies and the Lethal Weapon movies. I definitely feel like I've seen bits of it and it's in my cultural It's very like, 80s. Understanding, it's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good fun movie. Yeah. yeah. In the North Wing, 
Catherine goes and touches the wall that keeps on opening. Uh, she puts a necklace on, that, the necklace that she found on, and sees Audrey in the mirror and asks for her help. Audrey starts bleeding from where she was hurt. Catherine hugs her and she just disappears. But she doesn't really disappear. They just cut to a different shot and she's <laughs> yeah. gone. Cheryl and Fenn's just putting her arms together. No effects work of any kind. None. Uh, the wall fucking opens again and Oliver str- strides out finally to explain what is going on. So much fucking exposition dump. Yeah. The biggest problem with this movie is that it's all tell. There's no 100%. show. 100%. Um, and there's so many opportunities for show. Not, and there's not enough to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that it's spread out through the movie's entire. Like, it's a like short, this this is a short movie, right? Fucking oath. It's 80 something minutes, but it feels way longer because nobody because ever fucking explains anything through it. You to know what? Other. Watching it, it didn't drag necessarily, but I was definitely I was watching it going like. I was 100% watching it going like, nothing's happening, but I'm not sitting here in pain. Like they I've sat through some movies and just been like, oh, I really would prefer not to watch this. I was like, I could easily just let this play. No. Besides the problems with yeah, it. Yeah, no, it, the whole thing just annoyed me the whole time. I was just yeah, fair. frustrated with this movie so the whole time. So I came. Everybody's motivations were bullshit. Everybody's reasoning yeah. was bullshit. <laughs> That's such Everything a Everything everybody call. said annoyed me. So I came, oh. um, I came home uh at about this part of the movie, when Kira was Kira was watching just it, seething the, on the lounge. The, no, 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 in the in the office with the with the new TV. Yeah, right. Um, and with the new old TV, and um, I said hello, but then avoided then avoided her because she was watching the because she was watching the movie, and I could just hear her yelling from the other side of the house, like <laughs> oh. yelling at the television from the other side of the house. What? No. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> this morning, I was sitting there watching it, just being like. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> so we get to the we get to the explanation, yeah. right? Which is that doesn't Oli- make sense. Oh my god! Oliver shot the first lady of the house, not Audrey, a different because there's that's the other thing is yeah. there's two there's the daughter of Merlin, yeah, the daughter of Merlin because it's been, been going, going on for four hundred years. years. Yeah, I love that we're calling him Merlin, even though that was the movie you missed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, the movie I missed right on purpose because I thought it was funny. Uh, the woman he loved in his heart four hundred years ago. He wants Catherine to kill him, the beast, to release his soul from eternal torment. He was cursed by the first lady of the castle's father, the fucking wizard, right, to become the beast whenever he feels love. He tells her to go and then begs her to kill him as he transforms. Also, why did he try and kill himself before if he says in this scene, only the lady of the house can kill him? And he knows that. And everybody knows that. And the movie fucking But even the brother says only someone who can love you can kill you. Well, that's what it is. It's that only someone who loves him can kill him. No, he says later, it's only the the lady lady of the the house if she loves him. But that's not how it happens. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. That's why it doesn't make any sense. So I thought the rule was that it had to be someone that loved him and that's how the whole The movie doesn't know what its what its rules are. Okay, the movie's well, making the up rule. its rules. <laughs> it literally changes. It literally changes later. Yeah. So Catherine then goes to church to confess and it's the priest from the opening. Superstition leads to idolatry. Idolatry. I love how they start to, speaking Italian and, and he just like, goes, no, 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 speak in English. English. What's Idol- idolatry? It's worship of false false, false idols. Oh, okay. That makes way more sense. Than Superstition adultery. leads to you for, to you believing that you need to put your pants on left leg first, right leg first, right? I don't think that that's a good example, but okay. No, because then you worship <laughs> the left leg of your pants. Yeah, you worship. <laughs> yeah. What did 
just happening just, right now? Just trying to, trying to make you laugh. Um, <laughs> yeah, it leads to, like, superstition leads to you thinking that, thinking that, uh, your basketball team won because you, you did something. You did something. So yeah. therefore, you worship. So therefore, you the way worship you the, the thing yeah. that you did, right? Yeah. It's it's like a lot that of that makes way more sense than and it sounded like adultery to adultery. me. And I was like, what do you mean superstition leads to adultery? I what the fuck is that? <laughs> I thought it said suspicion leads to adultery, right. and I was like, I that kind of makes sense. But like, should she? Be suspicious that there's two of them, and it's like, yeah. if you don't know there's two of them, is it not adultery? It's. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where I was going with adultery. that. Yeah. Well, anyway, she's um, she gets told that if she can't avoid sin, she should take herself away from it. Right. So at this point, she's actually planning to leave. leave. The idea is that she's going to leave. Right. Um, this the is priest, also where we get confirmed that it's yeah, a ghost. The maid. priest comes after her and says. Um, after confession and and thanks her for donating the painting and and he's confused when she says it's Martha not her that donated the painting because he presided over Martha's funeral six months six months ago. Signorina, the English woman has been dead for six months. No. I'm sorry, I conducted her funeral service myself. Is this not the point where you go track down your friend with the painting? Like I mean, that would have right made there. sense. It's literally, just she's in that building. Yeah, like, <laughs> and yeah, it's a massive cheat because she talks to the, she touches everything and talks to the Italian staff, and and yeah, it does. It makes no sense. I don't understand why it's six months. I feel like it would have been more of an interesting reveal of it. Like, like it not, it would never would have worked. But like, more of an interesting reveal. But like, six months <laughs> feels like six months feels like. And nobody, nobody it's contacted kind, her. No, yeah, nobody but also contacted her. her and like, according to the back of the box, her father has just died. So, you yeah. think so somebody, who contacted her about a father? Yeah. Yeah. Also, would her father not have told her that her nanny for her whole fucking life died? That mm. was probably still, yeah. Like, that's the that thing. That she clearly loves dearly. It's just yeah. that it's Charles Band's classic lack of attention, lack of attention to detail. Yeah. Also, I just feel like it would have felt more like. It wouldn't have made sense more, but I just feel like it should have been that she died longer ago than six months. I can see a big what the fuck on your notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's this whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but like also This the, is the page of notes where I was yelling at the TV when uh, came yeah. the um, But also, what's her name? Ka- uh, not Catherine. What's Gina. G- no, no, no. The maid's name. Martha. Martha. Fuck. <laughs> um, your name. I know. I can't remember any. Martha says, you couldn't have dealt with this all alone Um, because this is the next thing. Well, we're going to get to it in a second. Before that happens, Gina sees that the beast is pointing the crossbow at Lawrence Oliver slash Catherine in the painting and runs out of the room to go warn her friend. Finally. Phones exist at this time, right? Yeah, it's it's (laughs) 1990. And she's clearly not that far away. Yeah, Yeah, well, so the geography is kind of confusing, right? Because this is the church that that Catherine goes to. So why doesn't she just, the second she's like, this painting seems to be your house. I might go tell you about that. So it feels like there's a town, right? Um, There's a town and that's where Gina is. And it feels like it's pretty close to the castle. Yeah. Yeah. It's like probably the town below the castle, below the castle on the, you know, the, the regular thing. The castle would be the fortress up she on the She definitely hill. got there after work at the start of the film. You know what I mean? Yeah. She finished work and drove there. Yeah. Anyway. Um, During daylight time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, back at the castle, Catherine is packing because she's getting the fuck out. And then she confronts Martha. 
And yeah, Martha's been hiding the truth so that Catherine could find out for herself. Just fucking tell her. Oh. Just fucking tell her. This is where they tried to starts protect to come her. out and there's no justification for it whatsoever. Yeah. Catherine, of, of course, says that she loves the beast. She still doesn't know that there's two of them, it's by the way. It's just such bad badness. Yeah. But like, as I was saying- It's like, such a bad- Domestic violence trope <laughs> yeah. of like, oh, there's evil in my boyfriend, but I can fix yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, and it's it's not kinda, really him. It's kind of Buffy. It's the drugs. It's kind of Buffy it's and the angel. alcohol. It's the vampirism. Oh. It's the vampirism, yeah. It's not really him and I can fix it. It's like yeah, that is two such different a sides to him. Bad, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, yeah it's, is it's it, bad was he blessing. rude or was he nice? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking massively. Yeah. Such a bad lesson. Oh, wow. It's an allegory for domestic abuse. Yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah. I don't think you meant for it to be. No, I don't think so. Martha says that. um, Although Beauty and the Beast is probably his allegory for (laughs) domestic abuse. Yeah. Uh, Martha says to Catherine that she's his star and that he's wished upon her, which is where the star thing comes back. And that's oh why, God. why did he, she, if she knew that the whole time, then she shouldn't have been calling her that. Like yeah. it's a is pet Martha, name. Is Martha on Oliver's side? Yeah. No one, no one's motivations in this movie make it, make any sense. Like Doesn't there's it, just Martha, that, does, Martha's, yeah. Martha is there to explain everything line by line, line over the course of 86 minutes with no thought about what, and she's a fucking ghost for like no reason. And with, but with no thought about her, motivations as an individual person yep. within yeah. a, within the story. Martha has literally has no purpose other than to be there to explain, to explain things yeah. and doesn't explain them well, because if they explained everything at the beginning of the movie, there would be no, there would be no movie, but also just doesn't have a motivation of, of her own. She's yeah, protecting she's her. She's supposed to be protecting but also her, if but she's apparently she's known but she's this. On all of it, but she's known everything and she's on Oliver's side. Yeah. She's explained everything enough. Like her own motivations would need to be explained. Yeah. Mm. So Catherine asks her um, to stay and she says she'll always be there for her. Always. And then always. Always. And then we never see her again. Yeah. yeah. I actually didn't notice that we never saw her again. We never see her. She just disappears from the movie. Yeah. No, that was I noticed that. She stepped into a dark corner and then was like They do they do a dissolve. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And she's gone. Um, uh, and then Catherine puts on the red dress to become the lady of the house. I kind of like, I'm not gonna lie, this moment. I feel like could have been pulled out a little bit and like she's determined to resolve this, whatever it is. And I was like, this could but have been like a badass, like weird version of a suit up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where she like, oh no, I'm fucking, I'm going to put on the like fucking in a costume. Better, in a better movie, she accepts that, like she accepts her fate, right? She makes yeah. for love. She accepts her fate and makes the choice to put on the dress and play her role in the yeah. story that has been destined to happen. Yeah. But the movie does nothing to set up a choice. The movie does nothing to empower her to make decisions. You know where that could have been sprinkled none in? of those things. In that scene where we just figure out that the maid, who obviously has known what's going on, she seems old enough to have been there for at least three ladies of the house. <laughs> yeah. Like probably Although could have been like, that you're fucking destined, her. like do it, like pumps her up. And then no, nah, she just no. fades into obscurity. Yeah. Um, so she puts on the red the red dress and walks through the crack in the wall, which apparently just leads deeper into the castle. They shot some stuff in the actual dungeons. The castle has actual dungeons. Yeah, fuck it's, yeah. Because it's, it's so castle. Old, it's so old, yeah. Um, she, I love how she's walking through this like secret part of the castle. 
it's just a violet. Well, like, well, Phil, who we also have not seen for a very long time, yeah. is just walking ahead of her, lighting the lighting the candles. Was he? Oh my god, Brody! <laughs> Dude, that didn't happen. No. But- okay, okay, good. I was like, were well, the blacks crushed that much? <laughs> no. She has a vision of Audrey being murdered, and Oliver explains to her what the fuck is going on. Another and thing that could have made this movie make a little bit more sense is if Audrey had um spoken. Brown hair? <laughs> yeah, because, not a blonde. Because not a blonde. then it would have been, oh, all the ladies of the house kind of look the same and that's why she's in the painting and that's why he They're fell the for same each spirit of them. Or in, something like in that. Dracula, Winona Ryder plays Dracula's love, Elizabeta, yeah. before she plays Mina Harker. Yeah. I have crossed oceans of time to find you. Yeah. It's yeah. one of the, the thing about Dracula as a gothic romance, is that it is actually romantic. Yeah. Yeah. It is beautiful and romantic. He's been looking for the soul of this person across oceans of time. He rejected everything he has, his God, everything, to find find his his love who happens to be in Winona, in Mina Harker's body. And with the painting... Yeah, I think it would have played better that he has done this with all of the ladies of the house if all of the ladies of the house kind of looked, looked exactly the, same, the same. Which would have also make Sherilyn, sense because they're like Sherilyn, related, so they no, could all have, have Sherilyn Fenn play the first lady of the house. Yeah, yeah, in like a uh, like scene at the start. What on anything? Yeah, yeah. Do Even anything. if you don't really see her face properly, you know what would have made sense? Feel that it's yes. similar. I've said this so many times, but you know what would have made more sense? What in the painting instead of painting the ending to the movie <laughs> paint Sherilyn Fenn sitting there as the lady of the house with like a base sitting there like yeah, yeah, with anything, a hand on it. Anything. anything. So, okay. So Oliver then explains again. We've already had an explanation. Wait, 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 wait. Oliver now is speaking about his brother. Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me, oh, okay. let, me let me tell the, do the thing and then we can, <laughs> we can talk about it, please. I'm sorry. I'm outraged. So, it's fine. So, um, Lawrence, Killed Audrey to stop the curse being broken. Mm. So, which is confusing. Lawrence is consumed consumed by hatred. Four hundred years ago, Lawrence and Oliver were both in love with the first lady of the castle, but the first lady of the castle loved Oliver. Oliver fell in love. Lawrence tried to kidnap her. They both fell in love with her. Yeah, she loved Oliver, the the good one, right? Yeah. Lawrence tried was in his rage of his rejection tried to kidnap her. Oliver tried to uh, to stop Lawrence, shot an arrow, and it hit the woman instead of his instead of his brother. Is that a callback to the fact that he didn't throw the knives very well? At I don't think so. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> anyway, but that's that's funny because he seems to be really accurate with his knives, and the crossbow guy doesn't seem to be very accurate. Yet so. the trick in the show <laughs> is the opposite way around. <laughs> so her father put a curse on him. There's a line that also created massive confusion for me and I had to rewind a bunch of times so I could actually hear the line. It There's a line that is, he could have made me a stone monster, but he didn't. And he made him a creature that no one could love, but in order to be set free of the curse, he has to be killed by the lady of the castle and she has to love him. That's not true. He just has to be killed by someone who loves him. Catherine does love him. She is the one. Twist, she's talking to she's talking to Lawrence, not Oliver. Yeah. So, okay, a couple of things. Yeah, do you do you think? What do you so, got? So he's talking about his fucking brother now. Which well, like it's Lawrence pretending to be to be Yeah, Oliver. I know. 
but there's this whole fucking confusion in the whole prior part of the movie where there's like, oh, there's only one of them and it's so complicated and the beast doesn't know how to like make her fall in love with him because he has this other side to him. But he apparently could have just told her about his brother the whole time. Yeah. That's the fucking confusing thing. Like she has this torment about, oh, there's a terrible side to him. Well, no, the terrible side to him is actually like he transforms into a beast. And what you're talking about is his twin brother, which he could have talked about at any point. There's no rules that stop that. Nobody talks to anybody in this movie (laughs) because- Plot. <laughs> okay, and I'm we, because also if people gonna... had a conversation. Like, I don't have a problem. With, so there's this um, there's this thing that happens in movies, and it happens in <laughs> lots of movies where people withhold information from other people when it seems like if they just yeah. fucking told them everything gets sorted out. And people complain about that. And I have this thing where, like, I understand that as a yeah, but that could ru- that ruins the. But movie, that's not right? this movie. But that's yeah. But that's not this movie. That's this not movie this movie. Is just this movie is just obscuring shit because it has no story to tell. Exactly right. It doesn't At any have point, they could have tell. just been like, "Oh, we can't talk about each other in front of each other because we're like bonded by some fucking magical curse or some shit." Yeah, <laughs> but there's a million different ways that there's apparently a they can talk about each other. Version of this movie. Uh, we're at the end. Yeah, we're there. <laughs> I swear, we're there. <laughs> Good. So he, uh, yeah, it's Lawrence, not Oliver. He drags her to the monster park. Lawrence uh, spouts off about loving to watch uh, Oliver fail over and over again. So, yeah, he's done this a few times. Mm. Um, And then we get to the reenactment of the painting. And I love how she's like, why don't you just kill me? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, because of the movie and also I'm evil, see? Yeah. So Oliver is in his beast form off in the distance with his crossbow behind a bush and Lawrence holds a dagger to Catherine. Why is he so far away? Oh, because we need to recreate the frame of the painting. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Gina shows up in time to watch. And do nothing. Um, yeah, yeah. Gina's oh my entrance God. onto the screen. She was just so walks. Weird. She just walks, and she's just there. And just stands there. Doesn't make a sound. Doesn't call just out for a friend. Doesn't speak at all in this scene. Phil is there. He whips. Oliver and knocks the crossbow away. The After, beast is f- f- fucking useless. Oh my god! The beast stands who, there for five minutes. Who is Phil trying to help when he does that? Well, he's. He I think he's on help, Lawrence's side. But. Lawrence wants him to shoot. This is the confusing thing. I know. Thing, like, right? it doesn't. But the, the, as I said, the movie doesn't have any motivation behind any, any character's also, actions. Also, earlier in the film, like, the brother makes out that he's angry at our. The good, the good brother. One of the reasons is, is because of the curse. Yeah. Right? So it seems like he had no part to play in the curse, and it's all the good brother's fault. So if that's the case, I understand why the other people in the circus hate him. Yeah. But it seems like they both caused the fucking curse to happen. So wouldn't all the circus hate the it evil brother? Depends whether other curses It doesn't make any sense. Are they yeah, even cursed? Good point. They might yes. just be circus people. There's no reason they do that come they should be magical. Yeah, but that might just be where they Yeah, but they're not, they're not cursed. <laughs> I think that it cursed the whole sideshow. But that's the thing. Like when we hear about the curse... There's nothing said about the sideshow. Because nobody knows about the... Because the curse is all just... It's just all bullshit. It is all bullshit, as we're about to find out. (laughs) So... um, Doesn't matter who kills what or who loves who. (laughs) So the the thing about the beast is, dude, you're a fucking beast. You're a wolf person. You could just rip people to sh- to shreds with your teeth in your and, and no you would point think claws. you shouldn't need to use a crossbow. <laughs> but I get that you're a nice guy, wolf person. 
but fuck. You could, if you're wanting to try to kill um, someone, then you could just do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he finally grabs the whip and just yeets Phil. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even see Phil land. He just gets thrown out of yeah. the frame. And I'm Jean- yeeted out of this movie. And we find out why Gina needs to be there because oh, she picks up the crossbow, the crossbow and hands it to a wolf monster <laughs> that she has... The thing no is, context. Gina no has no reason. context. She has no reason to think that the wolf monster is the good guy. Yeah, <laughs> no, none at all. None whatsoever. Why would you assume that the wolf is the good guy? <laughs> <laughs> the giant monster is the good guy. Fuck. I literally have in my notes, here's the crossbow. That's why I'm here. <laughs> like, that's all she fucking does. She may as Smiles. well have that line of dialogue. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't amazing. make any... Like, obviously she wouldn't think that Lawrence is the good guy because he's got the knife to her friend. Yeah. But you still None wouldn't assume that the other... You'd think they were both bad. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, they are. But anyway. Yeah. Fuck. It's... Yeah. <laughs> What, what was her plan when she got there? Just to kind of talk through the mechanics of what's, what happens. Um, <laughs> uh, he fired, the beast fires the crossbow. It pins Lawrence's arm to a wall. Catherine goes to the, to the beast. Gina at this point has just disappeared. Yeah. We never yeah, see Gina she, again. Fuck. Oh, my God. She just hands him. And then just walks I'll, away. I, well, she has to finish restoring the fading the painting. painting before Monday. I'm going to get back to town. Can you I just tell Catherine that I'll, I'll catch up with her This is clearly wrapped up here. Yeah, this is all wrapped <laughs> She has a deadline, guys. Yeah. Um, he fires again and both of the brothers are hurt. Um, Lawrence is shocked that she really is the one and she won't kill Oliver but uh, he loves her enough to kill Lawrence. That's not how the curse works. That's definitely <laughs> not how the curse works. Uh, actually, sorry, we do see Gina again. She's just watching. She's just standing by a tree watching. Oh, she doesn't okay. come over to her friend. But, yeah, um, there is one more shot of Gina. Oliver then turns into a human because he's killed the beast. Yeah, because we get, a line, we get a line from the brother, which is, the curse. as he's dying... I'm the beast. The curse oh. The curse was on both of us. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lawrence. You killed the beast. Literally Why the fuck the didn't he kill his brother 400 years ago? Would have made sense, especially if he knew that that would work. Uh, and then we get some dialogue about... Uh, where Oliver's like, my time is up, I've got to go. Yeah, I'm not from this plane. I'm not from this place. And then Catherine decides to go with him. Yep. Yep. She throws her life away for the guy who drugged and raped her. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. That is exactly what fucking happened. This is my notes. Um, What? She does what with him? What? (laughs) What? What happens to the friend? What about how old the castle is? What happened? (laughs) They're the, like, next five points in my notes. It makes no sense. None of it. She just throws her life. Or is she now part of this stupid circus that she never liked in the first place? Oh, my God. So Catherine leaves with the rest of the circus folk um, through the giant mouth. Yep, walks into the hell mouth with the rest of the fucking demons. Yeah, Uh, I'm sure they've got lots to talk about. Like, remember when I loved your 15-year-old aunt? Oh, (laughs) shit. And, and and all of your ancestors. And that oh is my the God. that is that brings us to the end of Meridian Kiss of the Beast. Thank fucking Christ. Yeah. It's a ride. Bad, bad ride. Do not recommend. Nobody should watch this movie. Okay. Why did you before make us watch get, this movie? Before we get to yeah. that, we have to deal with the trailers after the movie. Oh yay. <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about other movies. Hey. 
This um, was the bright spot. The trailers were the best part of this movie. Yeah, so there was three trailers after three trailers after the movie. I wasn't expecting there to be so many. Yeah, yeah I loved it. it. it happens I kept sometimes. expecting there to not, not be another, be another one. one. Yeah. Uh, the first one's The Guardian. Just breathe. Just breathe. Okay. Okay. It's a boy. It looks Really? Well, I'd look at some employment agencies. I thought I'd try this one in Santa Monica and Guardian Angel. I work uh, Mrs. Pones, uh, Herman Oaks. See, I've only looked after one baby, you know, it's not the kind of thing that I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> These references? Oh, yes. I like her. Hi. Come in, Mr. Agency. Yes. I thought maybe somebody else had this woman in their house. I'm not crazy, Mr. Sterling. She cooks, she cleans, she takes care of the baby. What else does she do? <laughs> I ran her over. I hit her full force. There is no body. I saw her. She's dead. There's no evidence that the woman you describe ever existed. Looks great. Oh, uh, yeah, doesn't psychological horror movie about a uh, about a monster nanny? I think with some any fairy tale movie, imagery. Uh, it could have I, been a trailer for any movie and you would have thought it looks great. 100%, because it's by yeah, comparison to the thing that you is just 100% watched. That is 100% true. Baby. But like I love psychological horrors. Like they they kind of fuck with me and yeah. I don't choose to watch them, but when I watch them I really enjoy them. Yeah, it's directed by William Friedkin, the director of The Exorcist, um, mm. and also The French Connection. Uh, I've not heard of it heard of that movie before. I feel like I there's tropes out of this of movie that I've seen taken off in other things. I think it's a fa- I think it's a it's a like a it's a fairy tale inspired psychological horror movie. Like the whole like we we run her over, we saw the body and then, yeah, and then the cops like the, there's no It's one of those movies about? where it's like what's real, what's not real yeah. and nobody ever believes anybody. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not a biggest fan of those movies. Oh. And I'm also not the biggest fan of when Friedkin, which uh will probably Again, like my distaste for most Walter Hill movies, is one of those things that usually surprises people because mm-hmm. people are into those movies. But yeah. um, I actually don't think much of The Exorcist. Yeah, um, I'm just not. Well, it's just not my thing. I just yeah, don't think it's okay. I just don't. That I, really I mean, surprises me because you're a big horror dude. I am. I am, but I just don't really like that movie very Why? much. Why is it? Because you didn't watch it at the time. Like, as it wasn't in your. Well, no, I saw it when I was young, and okay. I, I saw it when I was younger, but. Uh, and then I've watched it again as an adult and it just doesn't do, I just don't, it just doesn't do anything for me. Like okay. it just doesn't interest. It's just not very interesting to me. I don't find it very scary to be honest. Neither do I. Yeah. I think that that's one of the, one of the things about it. Um, and I've been scared like by, I've been Emily scared Rose by one. No, I'm not really an exorcist person. Uh, okay. I'm not really into exorcisms. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Constantine. 
Constantine's different though. Because Constantine, <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Yeah, that, that movie is fucking great. <laughs> Thank you. That movie's Thank awesome. You. People yeah. think it's trash. It's so funny. People good. hate it. People hate it because comic book comic book fans hate it because it's Keanu Reeves playing John Constantine, who is an English character that looks like Sting and David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, but he also and, fucking and, kills it. And they move it to America. Yeah, and they change a bunch of stuff from the comic. And I love mm. the comic, and I love the movie because doesn't matter the movie's fucking great yeah it's a fuck fucking fun role yeah there should have been it that's one of those movies where where like how is there not like four of those movies there is another one coming no there is not i'm sure i've heard rumors constantine, about this constantine they did a tv show uh they no there's it. another keanu one coming i'm sure no, i've heard rumors no i wouldn't know if that was happening yeah that's you would happens. know i immediately doubted Johnny has been asked about it he's been asked if he got asked recently during the matrix uh press tour if there was a movie that he's made that he would like to make a sequel to and he answered constantine um Maybe that was it. And, and, but it's not going to happen. Okay. Um, Damn. And the next one was Paul Newman in Shadow Makers. I think you're the man for the job. And I got a weakness for good men. So, where would you start? Focus. You have all these great minds, but they're all dancing to a different tune. You bring them together in one place, everyone competing to solve one problem, and you have one ringmaster. What you see, what you hear, what you read, what you dream about, all of that belongs to the United States Army. I've been asked to do something extraordinary. I can't pass it up. You are here in practical pursuit of one thing. There is one word that I don't want to hear. In a place that officially didn't exist. There are questions. There are a kaleidoscope of questions. So what is it you're working on? What is it that's so goddamn important? That's right. It is important on a project so secret it could not be discussed. I resent the way that my letters are being censored. I monitor every move I make. I'm sure they're even listening to my telephone conversations. Doesn't this make him an unacceptable risk? No! One man at a team on an impossible task. Don't talk to me like I haven't given 26 hours a day, eight days a week to this project. I've given up everything. There's something going on here. It's got everybody mesmerized, hasn't it? To unleash a force that would change the world. I want to be like it. Unimaginable. This thing is becoming real. It's going to affect lives. Thousands of lives. Also known in the U.S. as Fat Man and Little Boy. Um, it's going <laughs> okay, to that's a very different name. Yeah, well, that's the name of the bombs. Um, right, so it's about the Manhattan Project. They yeah. so developed the atomic bomb, and they're the names of the bombs. Um, um, it's a prestige picture. It was a prestige picture. There was a massive bomb. Yeah, it looked like a boring-ass midday movie. Oh, I was interested in, in it. It's it's the it's the, topic. the secret mission sort of side of it looked kind of interesting. Yeah, it looks it looks kind of thing. It look it looked interesting to me. So that's what Christopher Nolan's next movie is about. Huh. His next movie is is um about Robert Oppenheimer. I immediately watching that trailer, going, 
that would be a good movie if they did that today. Well, they're doing <laughs> that. They're doing that today. Um, so yeah, apparently it was a. It plays pretty fast and loose with real events. And yeah. Paul Newman is apparently miscast as as a dude. He's playing a general. Paul Newman's Aussie, yeah. No, no, no. I thought he was. No. Ah. Oh. I think you're thinking of someone else. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, um, uh, it looked interesting to me. Uh, uh, it's also got a very young John Cusack in it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was and nice. I will watch anything that has John Cusack in it or yeah? young John Cusack in it. Probably not for the past 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Because uh, he's moved into the Nicolas Cage realm of I just like being a working actor and so I'm going to be in whatever I can be in. I fucking love Nicolas Cage. We know that you do. We've <laughs> talked about it. Um, we're no angels. This is the end of crime, gentlemen, and it is called punishment. <laughs> In the dead of winter, two desperate criminals escaped from prison near the Canadian border. Some believe they perished in the woods. Others believe they survived. What are you, priests? Yeah, that's right, we're priests. Sure, if you know who these are. Caroline has found our lost priest. This is Father Brown and Father Riley. No hard feelings, Father. Go with God. But who would believe that such a small town could make such a big mistake? You know, you, you don't look a thing like your pictures. Best thing press. Now, they've got a profession to fake. Be nice to strangers, because sometimes you're a stranger too. This is not a fitting grace. What's wrong with it? You can't go back to the joint then. You don't have to, just read the book. An escape to make. You instruct your men to shoot on sight. A confession to take. Bless me, Father Privacy. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. I've been sleeping with this woman. Huh? All right, what? You're not married to her? No. You're married to someone else? To my wife. You like know about this? No. Well, what are you worried about, though? Forget about it. A woman to win. Yeah, well, you don't like the guy. What'd you go to bed with him for? For five dollars. What, and you got five dollars? I'll go to bed with you, too. What, you think that's a sin? Uh, actually, I got five dollars. Get out of here. A warden to lose. Yeah. We're going to hatch the house. A past to protect. Is this true? Yes. yes. You're a convert. Yes, yes, we were both born uh, Lutheran. And a future to plan. There's some booze and some bras in this country. Get this fight. Robert De Niro. Father, I've been shot. Uh, I'm very happy for you. Sean Penn. Bishop Nogolich points out it's his turn to say the grace. Let, let him read it. It's his turn. I don't want to get in anybody's face here. Demi Moore. What, you think I didn't see the way you looked at me? I said I'd go to bed with you? Will you, will you shut up. What are you, too scared or too cheap? We're no angels. Yeah, he says that there's something uh, wrong about you. Yeah, you told him he don't know the half of it. With uh, Sean Penn and Robert De Niro as convicts Six, on the run pretending to be priests, priests in a small town. That seems like a fun time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember. John C. Riley. Uh, John C. Riley. Yeah, it? he's one of the priests that like asking him questions in the trailer. Oh, I didn't even see him. There yeah. you go. Um, it's a movie that I remember from when I from when I was a kid. It's a remember. It's a movie I remember my mum watching. And Fucking I remember sounds like so. Yeah, she would like that. And stuff. It was. I think it was a. I think it was kind of a hit. I think it might have. Um, uh, it's also got uh, Demi Moore in it. Yeah, um, what a cast. And the poison swap dude from Princess Bride. What's his name? Uh, Wallace Shawn. Yeah, he's great. I <laughs> love that guy. Uh, he's also the T-Rex in Toy Story. Um, <laughs> T-Rex. Uh, it's directed by Neil Jordan, who's an Irish director. He also directed uh, Interview with the Vampire um, and a bunch of awesome. and a bunch of other stuff. Um, I kind of, I've always kind of, I always check out a Neil Jordan movie. I don't like all of his movies. He also made a crazy movie called In Dreams that we will most definitely talk about at some point. Hi. How you how you fall on um, interview with a vampire? I fucking love that movie. Yeah, Kira. 
I like the movie. I didn't love the book. I love it, but I feel really corny fucking loving that film as an adult. I don't know why. Maybe it's the <laughs> homoerogenous thing between Brad Pitt and fucking... Oh, it's so gay. That movie is so gay. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what's his name? Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, and Kirsten Dunst is a fucking powerhouse in that movie. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's 10 years old and she steals that movie. Can yeah. I just say, when I found out that Brad Pitt hated that fucking movie and like phoned in his whole performance, I was like... Doing, That's why I fucking hate so you in this film. The, it's, it's during his pretty boy phase. Yeah. So he was in a mo- lots of movies like Legends of the Fall. And mm. he was in a lot of movies where he's got long hair and he's shot in slow motion. But like Tom Cruise and fucking Kirsten Dunst are fucking like smacking like that, that movie that away movie. and they're just like acting the house down. Brad Pitt is very low energy, that whole movie. And I know that's his character, but still. Mm. Sidetrack City. Mm. I'm dangerous tonight. Once worn by an Aztec high priest, it witnessed over 20,000 death rituals. Now we discovered it holds the power of the lost souls it once destroyed. That power is unrelenting. Its effect, deadly. Where is the dress now? It was destroyed. Imagine it in the hands of someone utterly evil, someone more vulnerable to its power than you are. I feel like I'm trapped in this nightmare. I want to wake up, but I can't. Rest is not destroyed. Are you alone? Dangerous tonight. Sometimes evil just won't lay down and die. <laughs> they don't make movies like this anymore. Well, it's not a movie. Killer dress. It's it's, it's that is what it is, right? The dress is evil. Killer dress. Yeah. Okay. Fucking great. Yeah. Uh, imagine Amick. Uh, you got just blank stairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's also from Twin Peaks. Okay. She's Shelly in Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she should really and watch she's also, Twin Peaks. <laughs> and she's also one of my teenage crush, my other teenage crush from Twin, from Twin Peaks. Okay. Twin Peaks was a very formative. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of beautiful women on yeah, that show. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, Young Keen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she's also in Californication. She's Janie, she? she's Janie Jones. When in the in the Ashby season, mm-hmm. when Ashby, um, she's Ashby's uh, ex. Oh, slow down. Which one's Ashby? It's the second season. Yeah, it's the one where Hank is Hank moves into the mansion and is for the with the rock musician guy, the rock yeah. producer guy. Yeah, so that's Ashby. Yeah, it's it's um it's a play on Great Gatsby. The whole, uh, the whole season is basically Gatsby. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I'm rewatching that right now. Oh, right. So yeah. second season. Yeah. So she's she's um, Ashby's ex in. I haven't in, got in to that. her his ex yet. Yeah. Imagine imagine name. She's now in Riverdale. She's one of the uh, parents in, oh, in yeah. Riverdale. Um, also in I'm Dangerous Tonight. Uh, Anthony Perkins, uh, Norman Bates himself from Psycho. Uh. The older the older gentleman that's in the trailer. It's a TV movie. 
Oh, okay. It's a TV. It's not. A, it's again. It's not a real movie. It's a TV. It's a TV movie. Uh, I think for USA Network. I would um, watch this fucking movie in a heartbeat. So would I. Yeah. Um, directed by Toby Hopper, director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Poltergeist. Uh, Poltergeist. <laughs> Poltergeist. Poltergeist. <laughs> but they really don't make fucking silly movies like this anymore. Where it's just like this thing is cursed and people are going to go a murder sprees. Yeah. No, not really. Yeah. I fucking love it. Appropriate age to have seen this motion picture experience. I'll let no one should ever see Kira this motion first. picture experience. 18. It is M15 plus in Australia. Are you Australia. fucking kidding? Yeah. It's an R it's literally, movie. It's, it's M- definitely it's an, an R movie. It's an R movie. It, nobody should watch it, but you have to be 18 to watch it. I understand that boys like boobs, but. <laughs> <laughs> I will give this a dual age and one that may I may cop some grief for. But, like, From if me. you're, like, <laughs> under 10 and don't know what you're watching and you're staying up late oh, and no, you bro, have no... This per- is the wrong take. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe that's okay. Maybe that's okay because, like, we've all had that, like, when we were younger. We've all watched We've all watched infomercials late at night <laughs> that involve, that involve uh, hot people doing crunches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we just started to think. But, um, that's such a very specific reference to a particular era of 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 life and, tele- yeah. and television um i mean people don't even watch normal tv anymore so it doesn't it's not even a thing that exists but yeah um my my other appropriate age is when you're 21 and you're in film school and you're watching it and a teacher is like this is what you don't do <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you would like yeah, it to okay. be a lesson I'll give you that yeah this yeah. is you watch this and you sear it into your fucking brain because don't do this yeah yeah <laughs> honestly if you want to watch a similar but infinitely better gothic romance watch Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula from fucking 1992 yeah fucking oath children should not watch this movie yeah. No one should fucking. I've no got, one should watch this movie. Nobody should be made I'm, to watch this movie. I, I hope before, no nobody on you know, who li- pays attention to us and follows us on Instagram. I hope none of you saw the image of the front cover and went and, and please watched it because we're going to talk about it on the podcast. I love that everybody else on the podcast is now like, don't like, don't look, don't subscribe, don't but like the, also listen like to the, to the podcast. Movie. Don't watch the movie. Don't do it. Can don't I do just it say to yourself. Well, you don't have to, Scott. If you're listening, don't watch this movie. <laughs> so. I couldn't figure out an exact age that I saw this, but as always, I can figure out a kind of rough range. Yeah. So I think that I was probably between like 11 and like 14. See, I, I think that's think a very that dangerous age to watch hormone. I think that I might have been, I feel like I was probably in the middle of that. I feel like I was like 12 or 13. Do I even bother asking the- No, we're it? never going to see this film again. Yeah. Um, no. I mean, <laughs> no. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm never going to watch this movie again. Um, we need to rate the movie. The, we rate things on a scale of five. One being I hate this movie. Two being I didn't like this movie. Two and a half being this movie was fine. It had sequences I like. Three being I enjoyed this movie. Four being I love this movie. Five being this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Look, I I wish there was a different rating system at the moment because definitely give it a well, minus. One is hate. Yeah. And I like, I, I would protest against this film if it was going to be put out. Like it's more than hate. Like I actively... You can, give it, it. you can give it a zero. Nah, I'll stick with the rating system. One. One is fine. It's not special enough to get its own rating. Zero. I can't give it a one. 
I can't let it exist in my brain. No, zero. You're giving it a zero. I'm giving it a zero. It's so bad. I know it that one. Even I know that. A I know that one means hate, but this is like. Unrateable. You don't even. You don't even. Yeah. Right. So if there was, if there was a data bank with all the movies in history and there was a library to make sure all the movies in history existed, you would delete it off this this hard drive. I mean, yeah, pretty much. I just it's, there's not it doesn't bring anything to the world. I feel like that there is probably going to be movies on this that we watch that I hate and I'll give one star to that won't make me feel like this movie made yeah, me feel. Give me a zero. Fucking solidarity. Can two stars. Wow. What's two stars again? I don't like this movie. I don't hate this movie. I've seen I've seen movies that I hate. I don't hate this movie. Yeah. Like, but also this movie has no redeeming qualities. Yeah. It's not a 2.5. There's not even parts of it that I kind of like. In childhood, there was stuff that stuck with me that was evocative to me that had a lure because I was a tiny boy that was in love with in love with Cheryl, yeah. Cheryl and Fenn. This movie now has no allure. Yeah. Right? Good so boy. I <laughs> so I don't so I don't like this I don't like this movie but I don't hate it. There are movies that I that I like actively, actively hate, hate. Yeah. And I don't hate this movie. Yeah. We watched a movie. I feel like we I'm watched a movie. Hate movies and we watched a I'm movie recently. Like that, we watched a movie recently that we turned off. Yeah. That I hate. What's see that, that? I, I hate would, that movie. See that, that movie, I would give a one, one star. star. I don't want to talk about them. I don't want to talk about them. Even talk about that movie on the podcast next week. Yay. My favorite part of the podcast. Hey, I get to pick a new movie. I'm no, going to no, fix no. this. Isn't it my week? No. no. You, you chose made that the, terrible, I did not. terrible you movie. You made that happen. <laughs> you made that happen, Brody. <laughs> I made that happen, and I'm sorry I made that happen. <laughs> no, no, you're not. You're not sorry at all. I think he's a little bit I'm sorry. Glad <laughs> we, I'm, glad that, I'm, I'm glad that we got to talk about a movie that all of us didn't, didn't enjoy, Like because I that's think that that's, an, that's part of the experience. The the narrative of this podcast is like, let's re-examine the shit that, that I grew, grew up with, and this is something that I grew up with, that I have grown past, that I've clearly grown past. Yeah. So I think it's important to talk about and those grown kind of, despite of. And yeah, and grown despite of. Shout I think out to every woman in Kane's <laughs> childhood life. Yeah. Anyway, so you made I think him that, a good person. So I think that so I think that the the, the the there's value in discussing movies that we don't that we don't like right and uh, but clearly we there is going to be a will from the uh, other side of the table here to pick something that is infinitely more fun and entertaining than than, than, than yeah I'm gonna watched. pick a good movie so the way that we pick movies is that Kira and Brody alternate taking turns, picking from a list of three choices that I've prepared from our collection slash store, which is growing, growing. You know what I've realised? You're a master manipulator of me. I what? swear you've influenced so many of my picks. I, I did not influence you to pick Meridian. <laughs> no, no, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I swear, like, you've baited me into choosing a couple of them. <laughs> I baited you into choosing Future Cop. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. And you baited yourself into choosing Iron Eagle. This week is Kira's pick. Yay. I'll no, fix it. I'll fix boo. it. If a movie... Oh, my God. <laughs> Can we end this podcast? Can we get to the end of this podcast? If a movie remains uh, unpicked for three times, it's struck out and then taken off the list, uh, although I can bring it back at a later date of my choosing. Still on the list from last week are Rapid Fire starring, Bren- starring Brendan Lee mm. with two strikes and... Prayer of the Roller Boys, starring Corey Haim, with one boys. strike. And so 
I don't know. You guys can probably see that there is three tapes sitting yeah, over I'm here. I'm very excited. I by don't that. know what's happening right now. <sighs> I just couldn't fucking decide. So you're I just didn't even know. Or do I, I get five no, choices? No, no, no. You're not going to get five. You're not getting five. Can choices. we, as a team, choose which one goes no. up against them? <laughs> no, I'm going to. I'm going to pick right now in this moment because this morning when I was looking at tapes, I always leave it to the last minute because I want to have a feel of like where to take the 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 podcast next right mm. like uh, and sometimes yes i put picks on you to make it a hard decision for you because it's fun and entertaining to fuck with you guys yeah all right um and in this instance looking at tapes this morning having a pretty good feeling of how kira felt about meridian <laughs> i for the life of me could not just pull out one tape so <laughs> i need to now very quickly look at the three tapes that i've so that we can kind myself. of drool and sal- salivate, can you show us what no, you're choosing no, from? No, 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 no. I present to you as your third choice, based picked out of my three choices that I gave <laughs> myself because I couldn't make a fucking decision this morning. Something you have seen. Yay. Uh, so you will know as to its quality. There was a deciding factor in, in picking in picking it, which will become clear to you once once that. Uh, I, I feel like he's you. being nice, which like you wouldn't do this for me. I feel like I owe a fucking apology. <laughs> um, <laughs> I present to you the greatest skateboarding movie of all time. I present to you Josh Brolin in Thrashin. Oh, I love you. Oh my god, you've I- spoken about this on pod. Yeah, this is a good movie. Oh. Uh, would you like? Bro- we need Brody to do the thing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he's staring at it so lovingly. That's a good one. Hot, reckless, totally insane. It is thrashing. Fuck, this looks this looks like another quality movie though. <laughs> you know what this is? This is the happy medium between Roller Boys and Rapid Fire because it looks like an objectively like good movie it's, that also has like silly it's, elements it's in it. It's very eighties. Yeah, it might be the most eighties. I've heard of this movie. Yeah, yeah. I've so definitely heard of this you, movie. Uh, we are followed by an Instagram account that only posts things for thrashing. I've forgotten, <laughs> the, forgotten the handle, but shout out to the dude that just thra- a thrashing gram. I think I'll find it. Yeah, Legend. Uh, it's amazing. Corey Webster, a young skateboarding champion, comes to Los Angeles for a breathtaking classic downhill race, The Massacre. So your choices are Brendan Lee in Rapid Fire, Corey Haim in Prayer of the Roller Boys, or Academy Award winner Josh Brolin in Thrashing. Oh my God, is that a young Josh Brolin? That's Josh Brolin. Holy fuck, he is good looking. I mean, he's he's good good looking looking now. He's a fucking good looking man. Yeah. See, this is now just an impossible choice. You know who's this is what he does to me every fucking week. I know. You know who's also in Thrashing? Who? Sherilyn Fenn. <laughs> oh, my God. The she Fenn a, cast. She has a smaller part. She has a small part. In she thrashing. would be she's older on the back, in She's this, on the back right? cover. No, she's younger. What? She's on the back cover. Oh. She is gorgeous, man. Yeah. Both of Thrashing and Roller Boys are both movies that I, that I, that I love, that I like. Watching that I had a good time with, and well, I think Brody will have. You said a good you don't really with. remember Roller Boys, or do I you remember it better now? I remember it a bit better it. now, and also I just trust that I've loved every movie that Corey Haim's in. He's in some highly problematic. Yeah, movies. but <laughs> the movies that I have seen that have Corey Haim in, I yeah. have always you've seen quite the be- enjoyed. You've seen the better Corey Haim, movies, and so yeah. therefore, I because I know I've seen it, I trust that I liked it because yep. I know that I've liked everything that he's been in. I know I love Thrashing. I I don't want to th- throw you in any particular way, but I've never seen any of uh, Brandon Lee's films other than The Crow. That is just, how? I know, I know. That's a crime against humanity. I feel like I've heard everyone here. Um, 
I don't think I've watched Mary, many Corey Hay movies, and if I did, well, I you didn't, didn't even know, know who the I meant when I mentioned it last episode. Yeah, you were I don't like, really I don't know, know who, who Corey Hay is. Yeah. So um, I think I'm gonna go with Rapid Fire because I think wow. we, I think I can't not pick Brandon Lee again, and this is the last chance for this one. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do to and you. And right I now. think it's a really good movie. You know what? How many strikes does this have? This has two, so you'll get another chance at that one, and I'll get another chance at no, this one. No, uh, Roller Boys will. Yeah, Roller Boys has one at the moment. Will have two when it comes to Brody. Yeah. yeah. So just so you know, I'm definitely picking Thrashing over Roller Boys if it comes to it. Does that mean it comes back to me? Yes. Roller Boys. No, yeah. it, it'll have three strikes. Then. No, Jesus Christ! <laughs> it has one now. If it goes to you, it has two. Oh, it'll okay. Come back okay, to Kira okay. for the third strike. Okay. okay. Well, that what that actually makes me feel better because if I pick this now and you pick Thrashing next. Then we're going to have two newbies. Yeah, but I know Roller Boy, so I've got a better chance of actually picking also, it. Also, it gives me a chance to uh, put a third movie that involves uh, teenagers dealing with their problems through uh, wheeled combat. Yeah, that's true. And then true. it'll be three. <laughs> three of the same. Yeah, so I think I'm going to go. I think we need a nice, good quality movie after that trash and not the good kind of trash, just trash, which is Meridian. I think I needed just a genuinely good movie and I can't say no to Brandon Lee again because I love Brandon Lee. So we're going to go with Rapid Fire, knowing that Thrashing for everybody at home will come back. Fucking great choice. Um, cool. Next segment? No, that's, no, it. that's it. That's, that's, it. that's oh, it. It's over. That's <laughs> the end, of the, end of the podcast. <sighs> it's, it's time for us to, to go. Uh, don't listen, don't subscribe, don't follow us on social yeah. media. All the at weird, weird kids. Kid video. All at the weird kid video yeah. on Instagram and Twitter. All the weird kids following and TikTok us. Now. And TikTok now. Are we on TikTok? Yeah, we're on TikTok now. Don't like. Don't subscribe. Don't watch Meridian. Don't do it. Yeah, don't actually, do that. Actually, agree for once. Yeah. <laughs> and. Fuck you, Brody. <laughs> Scene. Scene. Oh, dear.